Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Sea Report for Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Mr. C, and thanks for coming in and joining us today. Now, first off, I do want to apologize for being a little bit late today. I know I told you guys I was born late, and that's my everlasting excuse for being late all the time. Uh, but we had just a couple of technical difficulties before getting the show started today. Um, we were able to get those worked out. I guess that's just what comes along with, you know, having uh, new equipment and stuff like that. Uh, always got to anticipate that there will be bugs in there somewhere, and indeed there were today, but nevertheless, we are here regardless of the space and the time, and it's good to be with you all, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be with you all. We have quite a show for you all this evening, um, so I hope it was well worth the wait. I hope uh, not too many people got concerned out there. Probably not. I mean, you know, it, things happen like that, right? Things happen, but uh, if I am scheduled, I do like to make sure I put in an appearance and not skip out. Uh, regardless of the situation. So anyways, so right now I have my headsets on. Hey, Posse for Hope, how you doing? Welcome, welcome. Hi, Just V. Just letting everyone know I was running a little bit late today. Technical difficulties. I think maybe uh, my computer was having a hard time handling all of the new gear that I have. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nick Walls, thanks for popping in. We're just getting started, running a little bit late, but still on time, I'd say. But, you know, I mean, in case you guys missed the story about my, uh, my, uh, my, my very valid experience excuse for being late to every occasion. It's not because I'm not punctual. It's because I was born late. And when people say, what do you mean you were born late, Mr. C? Uh, well, I just tell them, well, you know, uh, I am a twin and uh, I, you know, I took my time. Hey, Doreen Merrick over on Twitch. How you doing tonight? Uh, I took my time getting out of my mom's womb. I kicked my brother into the birth canal about two weeks ahead of time, stretched out for as long as I could, and then made her wait almost an hour uh, before I decided to a crown. <laughs> I guess you could say uh, I stayed in there as long as I could in the warmth of my mother's womb and uh, just shy of them having to uh, uh, to uh, to cut, you know, to do a C-section there. So it's I guess I knew I wasn't going to put my mom through that in the end. Uh, let me see. I got a message here. <laughs> I got a message that says, it sounds like you have a deep voice. Did you do something? Well, that is what you call brand new audio, my friend. Yes. And so I only have my headsets on right now because I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys good sound and I'm not, uh, you know, blowing it out of the air too much. Thank you again out there. You know who you are for uh, helping out. Now, this has been yesterday, like I didn't have them on. And then uh, towards the end of the program, um, I was, I got word that the sound still sucked. And I was like, that can't be, that can't be because after all, we're running on new sound system here. So uh, yeah, hopefully it is sounding good for y'all. Well, hello, Gina from West Virginia. Perfect timing, Mr. C. Happy to be here with y'all. Well, welcome, welcome, Gina. I think uh, this is the first time I've seen you in our chat. Uh, if you've been lurking, you know, that's a uh, perkin. No, just kidding. I don't know. I'm trying to rhyme with lurkin. Does anything rhyme with lurkin besides gherkin out there, guys? I'm not too sure. You tell me. Anyways, okay. We have a great show, at least in my opinion, for you guys tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the election audits, and then we are going to get into the Hunter Biden emails. I've kind of been letting on about this for a few weeks, and uh, we'll get into that most assuredly in a few minutes. I know I do have some viewers out there that are very, very excited to hear this information. Uh, you mean, there are other places that you can go to get this information, you know, but uh, I mean, if you guys like the way I dig and the way I analyze and the way I deliver, then, you know, 
you're more than welcome to join in on that conversation with me here at the C Report. Um, and like I said, you know, I do headlines and I actually read. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get you guys some of that information. It's hot off the ticket, guys. And a lot of this stuff has not made its way. <laughs> Doreen Merrick says jerkin. Okay, we're not, we're not, we're not one pervy tubins here. So I guess that's why that didn't, uh, that didn't, uh, <laughs> I guess that's why that didn't cross my mind, Doreen Merck. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you know what? Touche. <laughs> I kind of set myself up for that one right there. But anyways, okay, guys, great. <laughs> let's go ahead and get let's go ahead and get into today's uh in today's chat recap for yesterday. Now we had a pretty fun chat recap. It wasn't 40 pages long, you know, and twerking. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I should have remembered. I could have said working also, I guess, right? We're working and twerking at jerking and lurking with gherkin. I don't know. Anyways, okay. So apparently there are a whole, <laughs> a whole lot of words that rhyme with lurking. And, uh, you know, it serves me right for challenging you guys. <laughs> serves me right for challenging you guys on that one it's not like orange or anything you know like how orange does not rhyme <laughs> with uh orange does not rhyme with uh what do you call it oh my goodness you know what thank you for the information christina fontana and aloha from texas <laughs> so okay so apparently trump is going to be live and exposing everything okay is trump going to talk about the hunter biden emails though i wonder um is trump going to be talking about, uh, um, I'm sure he's going to be talking about all of the election audits that we've been covering here at the C Report. Uh, we covered them here uh, on the heels. Uh, I know that is, oh wait, orange. Yes, that is a, that is a tough one. I thought you were going to say it's a tough one besides uh, sticking around here for the Mr. C Report or also um, uh, um, or going to go see President Trump give his speech. You know, Christina Fontana, I feel like you're trying to scalp my audience, though, sweetie, I have to say, because you are just dropping in here and just telling people to go somewhere else. Well, tell you what, guys, you guys can go check out uh, <laughs> Orange Rhymes with Gullible. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that that was from uh, that was from Pilled by the Rabbit. Glad to have you hair Pilled by the Rabbit. Uh, now, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I was addressing that. Now, you guys are more than welcome to go check out President Trump's uh, interview with Sean Hannity if you want to be the first to know. But uh, since uh, Christina gave me that hot tip, I thank you for that hot tip, Christina. I am definitely going to be airing that interview tomorrow, um, if not. Friday. You know, yesterday I kept saying that it was Wednesday. So I apologize to Tuesday because apparently I was just, uh, you know, I had just given up on Tuesday. <laughs> yesterday was a long day. I had a, uh, I was doing, doing a lot of uh, a setup for the show and getting everything ready. And then on top of putting the show together. So that was something that was going on there. And then today, well, today we're just delayed because uh, we had, um, we had some technical difficulties, but I got that all worked out. And well, <laughs> I am not trying to disguise my voice. That's just the way it sounds when I'm running on, you know, a good, good audio. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to be talking like this for the rest of the show. I don't want anyone to know who Mr. C is. Actually, that was my real voice, the one that you just heard. No, just kidding. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Uh, it's good to see everybody in the show. Hannity sucks. Thank you, Patriot 1776. Hey, Patriot, did you get to catch, uh, I think it, what, what episode was it? Was it Monday or Friday or Thursday? We talked about, uh, we talked about your, uh, 
your your governor in in uh, in shame, uh, Phil Murphy, and we also talked about her seeing in the primaries over there. So check it out. We did an episode for you, sir, since uh, you'd uh, given us the skinny on what was going on over there with the America First Patriot, Hersting, uh, and his loss. We also did an article. We also talked about an article in the, the New Jersey uh, area where they did have some evidence of voter fraud. Yes, that's right. Uh, we covered in the episode how um, I think there was, what was the voter fraud again? Uh, oh, uh, they had not deleted some of the names. So um, some people voted up to twice, and that was in the number range of 30,000 um, uh, individuals got to vote twice. They got to vote in mail-in ballot, and then they also got to vote in at the polls. And that was something that they did not figure out until 1 p.m. in the afternoon on election day. So uh, that's something that you guys could dig into. I haven't uh, I haven't gone back into the digging of it. But yeah, most definitely. Anyways, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyways, guys, well, you know, even, even if we don't prefer Hannity, uh, because it is President Trump, we will most likely play that interview on the show tomorrow. I mean, it's happening now. You know, and I would say go listen to the president, but I don't think that President Trump is going to talk about Hunter Biden's emails. And uh, I, I'm willing to put my money on it. Uh, but, you know, that's not to his chagrin. After all, uh, I'm sure someone on his team has a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop, um, because as they say, or as as it has been said, and, uh, and don't worry, guys, I do give credit where credit's due. Um, uh, there are multiple copies of Hunter Biden's laptop out there. I hear up to three of those. So anyways, much love to Christina Fontana. I'm going to text you sometime soon uh, just so we can catch up. I know you're still, or did you already move back to the States? I know she said she was moving back to the States soon. So we'll see what's up with that. Hey there, the Speak Uneasy. How are you doing tonight, sir? Glad to have you in the audience now. Now, before I get too long-winded, because I'm already running late, that means we will be most likely running till at least 10 p.m. Texas time, 11 p.m. Trump time. I'm sorry for any of those of you who have to catch your Zs. Um, I did not mean that, but, you know, we're here now, so let's go ahead and celebrate that. Um, all right, so with yesterday's, <laughs> with, and I will be discreet concerning yesterday's chat, <laughs> but we have uh, Joy for Trump was in. Now, Joy for Trump says that they like my background, but they miss the Trump flag. So I'm going to... I'm going to try and rectify that. I missed my Trump flag too. I actually just sent off for a couple of new Trump flags. So we'll see what's up with that. Uh, the Texan was in the house. Howdy, howdy. Disco, disco ball chaser was also in the house. Thank you very much. Uh, well, why am I saying thank you? Love you, sis. Palmer, uh, 1951, looking up. Patriot Bird gifting a cookie to get the party started. Always bring in those snacks. I love that about my audience. Joy for Trump gifting the shades. Happy 100th episode and many more. Thank you, Joy for Trump. Um, I do hope to be here for many more as well. Just be and always in Texas in the house. I robot 61. Uh, I robot 61. I have not seen you in the chat before. So welcome to the sea report. And if you've been lurking, then you are more than welcome to step into the sunshine with us anytime you'd like. Um, he says, or she, well, I guess it is. Well, actually, I don't know. I robot says, I mean, I know you guys don't care about pronouns, but I just, I would find it offensive if someone said he or she to me and, or I says a she. Uh, because, you know, but anyways, you see my face, you hear my voice, you know my name, so that's not a deal. But anyways, uh, I, I do find that also um, um, uh, uh, audience members, uh, a family, Foxhole family, they, uh, you know, people in general, they will correct me, and then I, I try to remember as hard as possible. I think I've been pretty good about that uh, with the uh, with the uh, friends out there who have, uh, 
who have so generously shared their their gender with me. <laughs> but irobot61 says Jesus turned over the money changers tables for usury. And that is indeed true and that is exactly what I mean that is exactly another thing. I mean they were they were fractional reserve uh coining over there in Jesus's times in the temples. Uh that is usury. That is exactly what the Federal Reserve central banks and all the western backed central banks of the world do. Now, I mean, you know, the Communist Manifesto, they um, they say that they need uh, a central bank is like the number one tenant of their manifesto. And uh, that makes that makes pretty much good sense, you know, and that's what we have here. Now, um, centralized banking, I mean, I guess what the Treasury, I guess what you would be doing if we didn't have the central bank. But um, uh it doesn't, you know, I don't believe it's, I don't believe in central anything, to be honest with you guys. But um, in that regard, you know, just, uh, they say it's it's really who controls the reins. Now, if you have like, um, you know, a greedy, evil, uh, genocidal um, uh, type of uh, uh, family running this thing, well, then yeah, you're going to have problems. But anyways, that is neither here nor there. Uh, Nick, don't tell me. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. He says, he says, no one can guess my gender. I'm so incognito. I was like, don't tell me you have 26 genders, Nick. Anyway, I'm just playing with you, buddy. Uh, Always in Texas says, you're not a nerd if I just watch Stargate SG-1. And then Just V chimes in. I love Stargate SG-1. I only got into it last year, kind of late. I know. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, Just V, uh, almost 20 years. Well, more than 20 years late. And that's not, that's ju that just goes to show the staying power of that show honestly uh, now i remember being um you know a wee little 16 year old or so watching it uh in 1999 or 98 that's when it came out i just aged myself but that's okay and um i was in love with that show i've seen every episode of all 10 seasons not much for the movie um the movie's me you know uh but the series was phenomenal in fact do you guys know ayana presley one of the members of the squad from up in massachusetts <laughs> My joke is, you know, Ayanna Presley, she shaved her head and now she's running around like Tilk from Stargate SG-1 because <laughs> that's who she looks like. Anyways, I love Tilk. Tilk was awesome. Um, I love that series. I think that in my opinion, I think that uh, I think a lot of that is true. I think that, uh, and this is, you know, I, you know, I know I have the, the globe behind me encircled by satellites now, but uh, in my opinion, and maybe I can talk about this with Loyal to the Foil, because um, we'll be doing something together soon. Uh, in my opinion, I really think that um, a lot of what they showed on Stargate SG-1 was probably what the technology we had, like in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and then they turned it into a TV show in the late 90s, 2000s. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Very good show. I mean, it, it explains almost everything that you could think could have happened here on this planet, uh, including like where all of the civilizations went or possibly where they came from. So I really enjoy that show. That that was one of my favorite shows. And it was good television. You know what I mean? Like there was no like smut in it. There was no like, you know, like a gratuitous violence. Um, I think it was probably one of the last best shows. Now, um, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but every now and then I will check out like limited series and series like that. Uh, the other one that I found was really good. Oh, it's, it's, man, the name of that show has just left me. It was really, 
really good. Uh, I'll think about it while we're going through the program. It's, it, I think it was out on, uh, maybe it was on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh God, it is so good. Anyways, I'll, I'll get you the guys the name of that. It is a another sci-fi type of futuristic series. I'm not talking about Black Mirror. Black Mirror, back when I had Pedoflix, uh, that one, oh my goodness, that was a good series too. But uh, the one that I'm thinking of now that I can't put my name on, it was based on a series of paintings, like uh, very uh, rural type paintings that had uh, elements of science fiction in it. Such a good series, even though it was uh, directed by that uh, lesbian black hat. Uh, what's her name? Clarice. Uh, do you guys remember Clarice's name? I can't remember what her name was. <laughs> Don't insult Tilk. <laughs> Says just to me. Do you, oh my goodness. Okay, God. We could probably we could probably have a, a good a good uh what do you call it? Um we could probably have a good um what do you call it when you like uh watch a whole bunch of TV episodes at one time? <laughs> I would do that. I would be so down. Uh I remember the episode now. I'm gonna get I'm gonna start going off into it. So let me just not even go there. Okay, let's get back to the chat recap. <laughs> Uh, just V says, I think the elites do that already. Look at how old the queen and others are. So we're talking about med beds and sarcophagi from uh, uh, Stargate SG-1 again. And yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously they can't, uh, one cannot live forever on adrenochrome alone, right, Queen Elizabeth? Uh, yeah, they probably have something like that going on. And then Just V says, I was talking about the poor little kids that mine cobalt. Again, we're talking about the Tesla batteries here, I found out. That's not something I knew about. So that's something that's worth looking into. Gina Knight, anything Trump said, they boxed him on that's bs yeah they often do uh the th funny thing about it is um they try and box him in on things but then quite often what we find is that uh he can use their actions against his words or he's using their words against him very very masterful man he plays that very well gina knight welcome to the show it was good to have you in the chat first time i've been seeing your name jody foster yes <laughs> thank you very much jody foster yes she's the one who directed that series a tales from the loop that's what it's called it is called tales from the loop it is so good anyways it's i enjoy that kind of television that has all the emotions no gratuitous violence uh it might seem like it's boring to some of y'all there's a lot of uh there's a lot of build-up there's a lot of talk um you know it's not just uh what is that word called again what's that phrase i'm forgetting all my phrases today it's not just uh like immediate pleasure you know it's 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 delayed gratification it has good i love good stories like with real good storylines not just like you know all that blowing up stuff jen k bird in the house napinator 79 gifting a phone so I can stay in connection with you guys. I appreciate that. Um, let's see here. Thank you. From my view, they've been great. Happy 100th. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, I do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Posse for hope. Hillary Clinton owns all gold mining rights in Haiti. Still the chill, still the people's children and gold. Sick world we live in. Yes, it is a sick world we live in. I'd like to think that we are the antibodies for the viruses of sin and uh, lies and uh, mistruths out there. As long as we are holding down the line, uh, speaking truth from our hearts and uh, doing something about it, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge people for not doing something about it beyond, you know, spreading the word either through, you know, the internet or with their family or through social connections. Uh, binge, thank you, Doreen Merck. <laughs> uh, um, was, uh, just to be, we got to, and uh, always in Texas, we should binge watch uh, Stargate SG-1 sometime. Thank you, Doreen. Um, but yes, uh, I would say for a fact that uh, we we should be active to, to some degree, contacting our, our legislators, um, you know, getting involved 
involved in that way. And if we're able to, as you know, um, patriotic Americans, uh, if we're able to run for office or support uh, a constitutional America first uh, candidate who is um, and get the word out about that, I think that's the most important thing that we can do at this point. Curious Cat, humana, humana, humana here. Welcome, welcome, Curious Cat. Hope to see you in the show today. And let's see, we got uh, looking up. That's why I hate when people start talking about Trump 2024. We won't last that long. And then Joy for Trump says, President Trump said something has to happen before 2022. We won't last that long. Yes, indeed. You know, that's why when that's how that's exactly what I was thinking. Of course, I've always been more of the mind that uh, President Trump will be, uh, if not a force to reckon with within the America First or MAGA campaigns coming up, he would be uh, president again. And I, I said the same thing, guys. I was like, we don't have until 2024. We have to get these audits. Uh, we have to get these elections audited now. And we have to uh, we have to really burn that. And we have to really get that going, get those fires going. And they indeed they are. They indeed are and uh, you will see that more as we get into our report today what i'm talking about i'm sure you guys have heard all of the buzz there's a lot of buzz going on right now we won't be on it too long but we will be going through it hey better lady what's going on what do we have here a new yes sir yes sir we hit that for our 100th episode we're getting ourselves nice and souped up for the future to move forward and how are you doing this afternoon thank you for gifting the cookie i love it when you guys bring the snacks all right joy for tra- oh, we were palmer 1951 i am very impatient yes uh well i mean everyone's usually impatient with me like i said because I, <laughs> I get it get places late and then i get on late and all that stuff but um uh, patience walks hand in hand with faith i heard someone say one time i wish i could remember who it was so i could give them credit for that quote but uh it always stuck with me when i heard it um posse for hope bar slash bush tells you what you need to know exactamundo my friend so i don't see uh you know beluga whale billiam bar the b2 bomber big booby bomber i don't see him as being something that is necessarily uh, someone as who's necessarily doing what's right i mean after all he was very well embedded with the daddy bush administration back in the the late 80s, early 90s. And, uh, you know, he slow walked all of Trump's, uh, you know, paperwork at the end of his terms, or at the end of his optical presidency. And he also, he also rushed or, you know, barreled through all of Biden's uh, executive orders that he signed, like all 40 of the first ones that he signed, like on day one and two. So I really don't think that uh, Billiam Barr is one that we can really fall back on, even though, uh, you know, Hoods, Pelosi, and all of them are calling for Barr and Sessions to come and do a testimony. Now, Sessions, on the other hand, uh, you know, I've heard about some of the things that he did in his past, um, but Sessions, I think, is one to really watch out for. I think that man will be back. I really do. Babsy Ice Queen, gifting a can, keeping us nice and cool, says, I froze with a heavy jacket in D.C. on the 6th. It's crazy knowing how many of you guys were there on January 6th at the Capitol. None of you guys saw a guy running around in a red coat and a scarf like... Because you know, um, it, you know, I was uh, I was doing some some somewhat I was doing some uh, you know interviews or you know t- talking with people. We were broadcasting during that time. Of course, they had they had um, um, they had a, a 
cell phone blockers and they had all that stuff, Wi-Fi blockers. They, they were like really making sure that no one could broadcast out of there. Um, and uh, it was, it was, uh, it was quite interesting. Um, it was very frustrating. So, and then, and then I also got a little shell shock um, because I've done some man on the streets work in uh, Texas and it's not quite like what you get when you are surrounded by hundreds of thousands of millions of patriots and everyone's looking at you funny. And, you know, because my experience, my experience in D.C. was quite interesting. You have to imagine, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a Mexican guy like myself, a Hispanic guy going in, uh, staying at like a, this nice hotel surrounded by patriots. You know, my style is obviously different from your everyday um, red blood, red blooded American, you know, and uh, everyone looked at me like I was Antifa. Like I was like, dang, <laughs> I was like, I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> and like, so anyways, and then, and then I guess, you know, I guess it didn't help that I was in my bright red blazer uh, with the scarf on. And I probably looked, you know, I don't know, effeminate as heck. I don't know guys like, but like, you know, uh, you know, because especially cause in, in the Patriot, uh, you know, uh, Patriot world, I guess, or that genre, you have to watch out for people who are grifters and people who just kind of want to like uh, capitalize or they're opportunistic about that whole moment. So I felt like, you know, people were looking at me like, well, who is this guy in this bright red suit and who does he represent and all of this stuff. So I got a little bit of shell shock on the national stage, um, but maybe someday I'll get to give it a go again because it was a fun time. And yes, I freezed my butt off out there babs let me tell you what uh she says she's babs the ice queen i was like an ice servant because i was so cold and i didn't wrap up but anyways um all right, let's see here. What else do we got? Woke Societies was in the house. Hey, Scott, I'm glad you stopped on in and said hello. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Sherry Pittsburgh, Eyes on Arizona, indeed. Another first in our chat. We have a lot of first timers I see popping up in yesterday's chat. So that was pretty cool. Skeeter Burke asked if I swallowed my microphone. <laughs> I don't know, Skeeter, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Visits Chick. You'll have to be a little bit more specific because I'm not 100% sure what I might have done. Uh, Babsy Ice Queen, I was late getting to the Capitol. I was taking a picture with Peter Hegseth was that was more important in the moment. That's my man crush. That's so interesting. I didn't run into anyone uh, like I guess with uh, notoriety or fame or, or clout or whatever. Uh, I mean, not that I was there stargazing. There was maybe one person I was hoping that I would have met, met there out of anyone. Um, but unfortunately, that person I did not run into. Um, but I mean, that was the first time I'd gotten to hear. Uh, I was able to hear President Trump speak live and in person. And even though I wasn't right up at the front, um, it was still a very great experience to be a part of. And then I was also late to the Capitol too, Babs, because I mean, yeah, was that Babs? Yeah, Babs, because um, I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> And if you guys saw what those lines were like, y'all who were there, you know what that looked like. So that's why I was running late. Uh, let's see. We also had, um, uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Discretion. I'm not going to talk about that conversation. <laughs> uh, Sherry Pittsburgh's uh, rooting for Wendy Rogers. Yes, Classical Chick says, uh, Mr. C, long day. Uh, earplug lurking to sleep. Awesomeness. Loyal to the foil in the house. Sean Joe, first time in the house. Welcome, welcome, at least in the chat room. Um, and then we're talking about Pompeo here. Uh, Sean Joe says he did not support Trump in 2016. He supported Rubio. And uh, let's see. Uh, looking Up talks about Christopher Ray. Uh, Ray is a future marker. Indeed, he is. Indeed, he is. 
And, um, you know, I don't know what Ray is up to these days, but uh, I mean, we were told to trust Ray, right? And it's not like some weird message I have to like explain to people or figure out for myself. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens there. Tanya Keel, I do not trust Pompadour because we were making a, we were going through the makeup name. So like, what are we going to call, uh, you know, uh, Pompeo? Pompadour, I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, and then Pompeo is too establishment, says Shanjo, not saying he's not a good man. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, Tanya Keel says uh, Pompeo was involved with Oklahoma bombing investigation and Waco. That's interesting. I did not know that about Pompeo. And then Tanya Keel again, CIA are traitors. Remember Pence? Well, Pence, ah, I can say a lot about Pence, you know, and the funny thing about it is I used to crap all over. I've never been a Pence fan ever have I been a Pence fan. And um, I mean, when it came down to Pence, I always I've heard. And I've read, and a lot of stuff has vanished on this topic, that, you know, he ran uh, pedophile rings and sex trafficking rings out of Indiana down into Florida. Um, I heard him and Pam Bondi, uh, who is Trump, who was, uh, who represented Trump um, uh, when it, in one of the impeachments, um, I heard they were wrapped up in that both. Um, and I heard that Pence had killed what, like, I don't know, X amount of children and stuff like that. And I would crap all, and, you know, and then I'm also, I've always been a firm believer that Mike Pence's role in the Trump administration was to be the LBJ to the JFK so that if they were able to get Trump out or assassinate him, he would take over just like LBJ did, except this time Trump would have had his wall and then Mike Pence would have been keeping Americans in so that he could execute and destroy them as opposed to keeping uh, illegals out. Uh, that's the way I always saw it. Some people I used to work with were like, no, Pence is a good guy. Pence is a man that doesn't eat with other people, other women because he's married. I'm like, oh, this is such horse crap. Like, I mean, I'm sure on paper it sounds good, but really, guys? really so i never ever ever trusted pence i always got the gitchy feeling about him i've heard his names are unsealed indictments and then of course we know that uh, he also did receive a letter uh, during daddy bush's funeral and then people were like and you know, that's the other thing that people say about uh, some of the individuals that trump had himself wrapped up in during his administration and i am firmly a believer that um if if it was because he didn't if it was because he had to have them there um for whatever political or optical reasons that there was. Uh, indeed, it was also because he was keeping his thumb on them and he wanted to see exactly who they were talking to, what communications they had, where are leaks coming from. I mean, how else does one study and get to know their enemy other than keeping them close and near and dear to your heart or your work or your administration? So that's kind of the game I think it was playing there. Now, I'm saying that Trump did that with everyone that was questionable on this administration. Not necessarily. I am also not a fan of Jared Kushner either. But but at the same time, um, you know, I, I think considering when you consider how much uh, pressure he had against him and how many people were actually working against him, I'd say the man made it out alive. Uh, that's one. Um, and he did everything that he did in four years more than any other president has done in regards to their promises and even beyond. Uh, I'd say he did a pretty damn good job. Um, considering all of the pushback and all of the opposition that he faced, whether it was front-facing opposition or opposition that was working behind his back. Uh, so I think he did a good job either way. 
Doreen Merck says, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Exactly. Uh, vice presidents are hood ornaments, need good people in other positions. Yep. I would totally agree with that. And, and unless in this case, you know, they're they're like secretly there to take your job, right, Sean Joe? We also had uh, Yar Yur. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm mispronouncing that name. That was first time in the show. So glad you got to enjoy us. You caught us on our 100th episode. Uh, and Belushi was in the house. Good to have him in the house. F103 in the house. Tanya Kill, where we go on, we go all. Posse for hope. Shifty shift. Shift for brains, as always, in Texas. And yeah, we were talking. To, I was like, what am I going to call him? I mean, yeah, Shifty Shift. You know, the one guy I forgot to mention yesterday was um, uh, Sheriff Penzoni, the jabroni. He's just another one on my list of like, you know, uh, made up names and stuff like that, like uh, uh, funny names. I, I, know. I loved how President Trump would uh, would give them names like they were like from a Dick Tracy show, like, you know, like they were mobsters, like he's all crooked Hillary and and I don't know all that stuff. Like, I love that. I love that. The, those those names stick. But, you know, we got Hoods Pelosi, we got Nipple Rings uh, uh, Cuomo, we got uh, Waddles Nab Nabler, <laughs> Waddles Nadler. <laughs> Anyways, the list goes on. Pilled by the Rabbit. Dan oh, this is the one. Uh, Pilled by the... Hey, I re I'm reading I'm reading these things through Pilled by the Rabbit. But hopefully the sound sounds better today. And I'm glad you made it in, even though it was at the end of the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up yesterday's chat recap. I'm going to suppose that the... Um, the uh, sound is coming through okay, so I'm going to remove these now. I won't be able to hear the sound of my voice. Ah, no wonder. I am talking a little bit deeper now that I hear my own voice. Okay, guys. All right. Let's go ahead and start getting into today's report. And let's see what we got here. As always, Trump leads at the C report. So we got this one here. He's looking like, hey, you. I see you there. I seen you. Okay. All right. So let's see. What do we have coming out today? We had a couple of um, we had a couple of statements from President Trump. Uh, one to include. Now this one we missed from a couple of days ago when he was talking about fronts and how Biden was part of the club. Um, it says here, so much USA money has been given away to the club, as President Macron of France likes to call it, and to NATO, despite the fact that those countries have taken economic advantage of the United States for many years, until I came along. Not fair to America or the taxpayer, American taxpayer. True words, very true words. Yeah, I don't have any of those illustrations now. Whenever I read it right off of my uh, my notes here, it's because they have not updated their website yet. So <laughs> that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what that's all about. Now, as we all know, President Trump will be starting his, um, uh, I guess his uh, his tour season soon. Uh -huh. uh, but no, he'll be he'll be doing rallies. We know that he's going to be in Washington. No, sorry, not Washington D.C. He's going to be in Dallas, Texas soon. Uh, it looks like, however, he's going to be at the border sooner. Um, so uh, we're what uh, June sixteenth. So Kamana Wanalea Harris has approximately what fifteen days. 14 days to get her butt to the border to go meet up with her cartel friends and, you know, and then tell her, tell them that it's a-okay. You can keep smuggling children in here and we will keep warehousing them for you in the United States of America. In fact, I don't know, uh, if you ask me, uh, the cartels and all those coyotes are making money smuggling people over here. 
then we warehouse them, right? And then um, uh, they sell the kids for whatever it is that they do with it. And then they keep that money and give some of that money back to the cartel. Maybe that's some of what's going on here. We'll talk a little bit about the cartel later on in the show today. But let's see what we got coming up with uh, Trump coming to the Texas border. Now, this was just announced earlier today. Here's the statement that President Trump had to say on that in that regard. He says, I have accepted the invitation of Texas Governor Greg Abbott to join him on an official visit to our nation's decimated southern border on Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. The Biden administration inherited from me the strongest, safest, and most secure border <clears throat> in United States history. And in mere weeks, they turned it into the single worst border crisis in United States history. It's an unmitigated disaster zone. We went from detain and remove to catch and release. We went from having border security that was the envy of the world to a lawless border that is now pitied around the world. Biden and Harris have handed control of our border to cartels, criminals, and coyotes drug dealers, MS-13 gang members, human smugglers, sex traffickers, and the criminal elements of the world now have free reign. Hospitals and schools are getting crushed and public health is becoming is being sacrificed all in service of a radical left anti-border agenda. Our brave borders agent, our brave border agents and courageous ICE officers Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Have been legally stopped from doing their jobs. Our nation is now one giant sanctuary city where even dangerous criminals are being cut loose and set free inside the U.S. interior on a daily basis. If this weren't bad enough, Biden and Harris won't even tour the scenes of the wreckage they created or come down and visit with the Border Patrol and ICE heroes, risking their lives to defend our nation at a time when the White House is doing everything it can to make their job totally impossible. What Biden and Harris have done and are continuing to do to our border is a grave and willful dereliction of duty. My visit will hopefully shine a spotlight on these criminals against our nation and show the incredible people of ICE and Border Patrol that they have our unshakable support. Um, and then it says here, <laughs> media credentialing information <laughs> will be provided at a later date. Hey, President Trump, can I come down and cover you on the border? No, just kidding. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, I was so lucky even though I didn't get to go, but but even even at that event um, for uh, for God and country, I got my press credentials, but I was not able to attend, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would have been there. I, I don't know. I probably would have been swimming with, uh, I don't know, starstruckedness, seeing everyone there. I probably would have forgotten to do my job. But any, anyways, yeah, that, that's cool. Anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So those who are statements. Now, here's the only thing that I don't like about... Uh, naming dates, specific dates. <clears throat> now, if you all remember, whenever um, uh, Trump was just starting to make his comeback onto the uh, um, interview circuit, I guess you could say, uh, he did an interview with Judge Jeanine Pirro, uh, someone whom I used to quite enjoy her program and, and admire, but uh, unfortunately, I, I think she's probably more corrupt than she is letting on. Um, but in that interview that she gave him, and it was one of his first ones back, they were
we're talking about going to the border. Okay, now something that troubled me, uh, my spidey sense was tingling. It was tingling something fierce during that interview because she was very adamant about asking him specifically for a date. She wanted a date. She asked him like three times, almost in rapid fire succession. But do you have a date, Mr. President? What day do you think you're going to be going down? And I really feel like she was trying to telegraph for the enemy what date he will be there. Because indeed, even though maybe we have not heard about any further assassination attempts on President Trump, even after he left the White House, they were still trying to put a bullet through him. So, I mean, I just don't, I just don't like it whenever, uh, you know, dates like that come up so far in advance, especially when we're talking about an area like the border. Um, I can, uh, you know, we can only pray for his protection, really, and to ensure that everything is safe down there, just as we are for everyone who's down on the border, as well as the Border Patrol agents, the sheriff the law enforcement and the innocent people who are um, succumbing or who have been stricken by this border crisis. So I would just say God willing, God speed and God bless to all those involved down there, including President Trump, whenever he makes his trip down at the end of this month, uh, we'll definitely be watching to make sure that all goes well. Sending prayers and positive vibes. Oh man, I just closed that out. Come on. I need my audit the vote sign. Hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. <laughs> I hit the X button. All right. Here we're doing some on the air. There we go. All right. That's much better. Okay. I don't mind doing this stuff on the air with you guys, but let me tell you what, when I had that tech difficulty, I had to rebuild all of these tabs. Oh my goodness. Did it take some time? Okay. So we're going to start talking about the auditing of the vote. Uh, that's going to be one of the major topics. <clears throat> Um, for today. Now, we had a lot of good stuff coming by way of the vote audit. Uh, we have uh, some interviews for you guys. We got one for one to start with Vernon Jones. And we're going to start. Are we starting with Vernon Jones? Did I go too far? Let me make sure. I think we are. Yes, yes. We're going to start with Vernon Jones. Uh, and so Vernon Jones, uh, he appeared on uh, the Gateway Pundit Rumble um, with uh, Jordan Conradson. I finally memorized his name. Um, very, very good interview. Uh, and he's talking in this one about, oh, that's not Vernon Jones. <laughs> Sorry. There's Vernon. Okay. <laughs> let's go ahead. Well, let's go ahead. I won't be long on it. So this way you guys can, let me, let me make sure that there's probably going to be a commercial. You know how these things like to do commercials, right? Okay. So yeah. And all my prep work was basically stolen with them. Technical difficult. I don't know what that is. Let me go ahead. <laughs> Some kind of coffee. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me make sure our volumes are set. Let me make sure you guys can hear everything appropriately because I'm still working my way in and out with this new tech that I am uh, using at the moment. So I, eventually it'll be smooth as uh, cream pie. <laughs> Is cream pie smooth? Yeah, I guess as long as it's not curdly, right? Okay, so let's go ahead and get this on the screen for you guys. Oh, you see that split? Bleh. I don't use the, I use the free version. <laughs> Okay, so hold on. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this going. I need to make sure we're still we're still receiving volume and sound. Okay, yes, we are. All right. I'd wait for a five by five, but there's a delay and that could just take some time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so let's go ahead and get this going. This is Vernon Jones speaking with Jordan Conradson regarding his trip to um, 
I was going to say trip to Las Vegas regarding his trip to Arizona. Uh, and, and also he's going to get into some of the Georgia politics and the Georgia audit. So this should be pretty good for you guys if you haven't heard it yet. I'm, I'm inside the Arizona audit. You're still out there. Are you going? You living out there now? Oh uh, no, I, I'm I've always lived out here. Yeah, I grew up in Phoenix. Oh, okay, okay. It was some fireworks deal last week, wasn't it? Oh yeah, crazy. Here's Christina. I can't. Hey, Christina. Can't hear you. I got headphones in, but wow. Yes, fireworks last week. Jen Fifield. You totally obliterated her on your way out. On your way to the border. by a Swiss reporter, so um, they just did a, an interview of me, and I, I was joking, I was like, the story is behind you, look at the fort, that's the story you should be covering, not me and what I'm doing, but they love me. <laughs> well, the fact of it is, they're mad because someone is funding this audit, but they don't get mad at all of the things that Zuckerberg yeah. is funding, um, because it's, they're funding something that they want funded. Yeah, right. If I were raising funds for abortions or for Planned Parenthood or something like that, they would have no issue. They'd just applaud me as a hero. But because because I'm raising funds that I'm actually effective and actually getting something done that they don't like, now they have a problem with it. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. I, I, well, I don't want to jump in on your, your oh, interview, but uh, so good seeing you. I'll talk to you soon, sir. All right. Peace out. Thank All you. right. I'll see you. Thank you. Okay, so let's get your thing going. All right, yes. So, crazy day last week. That was last week, correct? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I don't know the days of the from the player. But can you tell me your key takeaways from the Arizona audit? The one I, I think that's more important than anything else is that how detailed the Arizona audit is, that forensic audit. It is so detailed. The level of scrutiny, the accountability, uh, how they're following. Uh, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, uh, the microscopic overlook of this. It is, or oversight, I should say, it is amazing. And that's what we want to have in Georgia. And ironically, just yesterday, there was a report here, the first Fulton County official actually said some chain of custody documents were missing for, for thousands of absentee ballots at a drop-off box. Right, 24%, correct? Twenty-four percent, correct? Yes, 24%. And so when I hear uh, the liberal media who's pushing back on the forensic audit in Georgia, the governor who's pushing back on the forensic audit in Georgia, and the Secretary of State who said that this probably was the most efficient election ever, then they have, they have and are becoming the laughing stock. Why? Because if things were so, so well done and documented, why is the Secretary of State now deciding to investigate 
what's going on in Fulton County, which leads me to say, hey, wait a minute. You said that this election through your your so-called audit was really what was, what was really just a, um, um, a recount. But here you are opening up this investigation. Why don't you also, while you're doing it, do a declaratory judgment, file papers with the courts and see if the drop-off boxes were allowed anyhow. Why? Because they were not in the state statute. And did the election board have the authority to change election laws? Because that's exactly what they did. And ironically, if it were not the case, if they didn't have the authority to do it, why did they come back in the 2021 session and write drop-off boxes into law? Mm -hmm. Strange. Crazy. Yeah, so a lot of crazy stuff happening in Georgia. Yeah. You, that's why we need a forensic audit. That's what the government's running from. Right. You said you want to... I, I heard on Steve Bannon's word that you want to sponsor the governor, Brian Kemp, to come out to Arizona, see this process firsthand. Has he responded to you? No, not at all. Not at all. What, what do you think his response would be? Oh, he and, would not do it. Right. He won't even call for a forensic audit. You would think he would do it now. It should be a, a taxpayer-paid forensic audit so we can make sure that everybody has who has skin in this game understands that they are looking to make sure our election was free and transparent and it had the integrity that we all can have confidence in. And right now, this is just another example of why we need a forensic audit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so why do you think that those so opposed to this process won't even come out and see it? Well, for one, they are, part, they are part of the problem. It was the governor, the lieutenant, it was the governor and, and the attorney general and the Secretary of State, who actually got in the back room and did a deal with Stacey Abrams, changing through the executive branch election laws. You cannot do that. And then they came out because they came into Stacey and all of these, these voting voting irregularities, they were trying to push under the rug and say, oh, we had no problem. They both said there were no issues. So now we see what is happening. If there were no issues, then why wouldn't they want an audit to make sure there was no issues if they didn't have any skin in the game? It's because at the tip of the spear, they're all involved in this election process that costs us two U.S. citizens and the president's election because they have a backroom deal. They wouldn't stand up to the left. Mark Zuckerberg, by the way, gave the Secretary of State $5 million. So that's why those rhinos were invaded by the left and they're afraid now. And this is what's going to cost both of them the election. And it's going to cost Stacey Abrams not being elected. Mm -hmm. Well, we got some good news. The Fulton, County, or the Fulton County Court hearing is coming up on the 21st. Garland Favorito told me that it's going to be about two or three weeks after that that they could start the audit process. Do you have any further updates? Well, I understand the judge will hold a hearing on the 21st. Because the county attorneys, can you believe this? The Fulton County attorneys hired uh, individuals, and you know, they lawyered up, and they want to dismiss. Uh, they 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 filed a motion to dismiss this case. But why? Especially after one of their own, a Fulton County employee said that there were documents missing from the chain of custody. The the election board, the so-called emergency powers of the election board, they made it clear that that information had to be provided, and it wasn't. But if there were no issues with the elections, then how did that happen? 
And why wouldn't you want forensic audit? I think the judge is going to go ahead and again, like you did before, grant them that the audit that they need, and you're going to see some other stuff come out. This is the beginning. I always said there was a dead cat on the end of this line. We're starting now to see the whiskers of that cat come out of the wall. That's right. Um, and then another another scare tactic, Mayor, Mayor Garwood is targeting auditors across America instead of actually looking into the legitimate concerns of election fraud that Americans have. Yeah. Will Georgia take a heroic stand against the federal government like Arizona has? Or do you think that? Well, remember, our government is weak. He's already catered to the left, and you know our Secretary of State is just as weak as he is, including the Attorney General. I will say this, while he's here, Garland is, look, is looking, matter of fact, this is voter intimidation. Right. They're using the feds to come down, to come down and intimidate those of us who are, who are involved directly in elections uh, from election, official, election officials to those citizens who want to see transparency. Is he going to look into Georgia's election laws and see if Stacey Abrams' agreement superseded the state law as it relates to elections laws when they included the drop-off boxes and the changing of the signature verification? Is he going to look into that? I don't think he looks into that. That's what we should be doing, looking into that. I can tell you this. I wonder if he's going to look into those missing chain of link documents, chain of custody documents that just happened in Fulton County. Is that person going to be interviewed? So if we're going to do it, let's do it. But already, this is about voter suppression from Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Stacey Abrams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like these big federal thugs in all black are telling us, don't ask questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, speaking of the, the Biden administration, how was your trip to the border? Well, it was disappointing. Although enlightening, mm -hmm. very disappointing. There is a crisis at the border. It was man-made by none other than Joe Biden when he opened up the border and said, hey, just come on over. Anybody can come on over. If we catch you, come over illegally. We're just going to give you a ticket to show up in court. If you don't show up, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But those are some of the same ones that we have to deal with years down the road when we want to talk about the Dream Act or the DACA because they allow them to come over illegally and then worry about later on, oh, well, we need they, they, they came here to no fault of their own. Uh, they've been here all their lives. They don't know Mexico. They don't know these other countries. Well, see, that's the problem. But the bigger problem is the drug cartel have taken over. The drug cartel has taken over all of the avenues coming into this country. And they're having, they're using human shields while human trafficking to bring in drugs from cocaine to, to, to meth. And you know what? Those people who are coming over, those women who are coming over, who can't keep up with the crowd, <laughs> when they fall behind, they get eaten by the coyote. And I'm not talking about the four-legged four -legged coyotes. I'm talking about the two-legged coyotes. Because when they, <clears throat> excuse me, when they rape these women and these young girls, they take their undergarments and hang them in trees as a trophy. And this has the hands of Joe Biden all over it. He is the reason for the drug cartels doing what they're doing in this country and human trafficking and raping young women and young girls. Is Joe Biden is at his feet. And then Kamala Harris, who has yet to go there almost 80 days and she was put in charge of the border. And when asked why didn't she or why hasn't she visited the border yet, she said, Well, I haven't visited Europe either. Well, she wasn't in charge of Europe, right. thank God. 
uh, she was in charge of the so-called border issue. And for her to stick her head in the sand and say, there is no problem, but then come back and say, when she visited one of those countries, not the border, but to say, don't come over here. Well, she is just as confused as two left shoes. So what does that tell me? She doesn't know how to do her job. I have no faith in her. She and the president are not fit to hold office. As a matter of fact, having visited border, I learned more than 24 hours than she learned the entire time she's been in office as vice president. Matter of fact, maybe I should be the vice president for a day and educate Congress and others on what's really happening at the border. Yes, you should. Uh, what's happening at the border is absolutely disgusting. Um, whatever she, whatever Kamala Harris is confronted about it, she screams at reporters about how she's addressing the root causes of the of the problem. What do you think the root causes are? I think Kamala Harris is the root cause of the problem. I think Joe Biden is the root cause of the problem, of the root cause of the problem, because of their policy, because of their position. This border was under control by President Trump. They stopped all of the stop and returns and start, or start, I should say, stopping searches and releases. They started stopping and returning. They were building the wall. They were providing local law enforcement and the Border Patrol with the resources that they needed to do their job. Right now, the Border Patrol is spending more time processing illegals than they are patrolling the border. This is a major problem, so you can't say it was a problem. As a matter of fact, with the problem that, they, that they're having now, they're trying to blame President Trump. No, it falls at the feet of the policy of the Biden or uh, Kamala Harris administration, period, the end. Yes, and then here in Arizona, we have multiple hotels where illegal immigrants are staying, they're being fed, they're being clothed. This is happening all over the country. Another part of that, Arizona is only one of two states that requires proof of citizen to register to vote. And the federal only ballot is the loophole around that. You can register to vote in federal races without showing any proof of citizenship, without showing any identification. Um, to my knowledge, you can show a forged bank note and they'll register you to vote for president and Senate. What do you think of that? Uh, again, this is a part of the failure of the Obiden, or idea, maybe there's the Obiden administration, yeah, of the Obiden administration, because we know right. who's really running this government. But when you mention the hotels, I saw one place where one of the hotel bills was up to $88 million. $88 million to house illegals that you're told to come over here. And we have veterans and American citizens living under bridges. Where's our priority? Where's America first? Wow. With the Biden administration, America is last. I mean, it's just it's just uh, unbelievable, their policies and how they're running this government. And so that's why it's important. That's why I'm running for governor of this state, because as governor of Georgia, we're going to make sure that we work and find out as much information with the border patrols and local law enforcement out there, because we know they're leaving and coming through there and coming to Georgia. We're going to make Georgia a sanctuary state. If you're caught in Georgia, illegally, and you're here illegally, and you've committed a felony, you will notify, there, there would not be a sanctuary city nowhere here. Those local law enforcement agencies and the courts will have to notify the, the ICE department so they can be deported immediately. No sanctuary city here. Amazing. So can you just, lastly, can you just tell us all about your uh, campaign for governor of Georgia website? 
how we can support everything. Well, first of all, we, we are fighting for the heart and soul of this state and this country, putting, a, putting Georgia first and putting the state first. Our governor was weak. He was not committed to election integrity. He was not committed to Donald Trump. He was committed to Stacey Abrams and all of the election irregularities you see happening right now. Um, he had to wait until I came out to ban CRT for, before he even said anything about it, which I will clearly ban CRT, not through executive order, but by law. Second, we're going to make sure that Georgia's constitution carries state, and we're not going to have these local law enforcement agencies um, that are under the Democrat-controlled policies being weak uh, on, on, on crime and fighting crime. You know, in Georgia, in Atlanta, for example, you're seeing crime on the rise in a lot of Democratic-controlled cities, but here, the local uh, city council in Atlanta voted to defund the police. They voted to, to have a no-police-chase policy. They're literally handcuffing the police and releasing criminals. That would not happen under my watch. We're going to fight crime in Georgia. We're going to let these state troopers and other under the, under the governor's umbrella of law enforcement go out and fight this crime and support these local law enforcement agencies. We're also going to make sure that in Georgia we have school choice. You heard it right, school choice. And what I mean by that, any family who wants to send their child to, to a performing school where that child is in a failing school, in a failing public school, let the money follow the child. And another thing here, Georgia taxpayers, we're sick of hearing, oh, here's a stimulus check. We're going to send you back some of your money. No, we're going to drastically, if not drastically, reduce the state income tax or eliminate it altogether so people can just keep their money, have more money in their pockets. So we're running a strong agenda here. And the other thing, too, we would not cave into the left, Stacey Abrams, or the Democrats. I'm the only one in Georgia that can beat the left. Brian Kipp can't beat the left. He caved in on Donald Trump. He caved in on election integrity. And he caved in on Stacey Abrams. They can't play the race card on me, whether it's the ace of spades or the ace of heart. They can't do that. We're able to take their votes. We're already getting so much support from the minority communities that have traditionally been voting Democrat, but know they've been taken advantage of. They know me, and they know about me. I call balls and strikes. We don't back down, back off, or back away on our agenda. We are focused, and I'm pro-Second Amendment and pro-life. And that's what people want, someone strong leadership that would take a stand against this culture of socialism and Marxism and communism being perpetuated by the Democratic Party and Stacey Abrams. And by the way, if you want to join this fight, go to jonesforgeorgia.com, sign up, donate, be a part of jonesforgeorgia.com. Let's fight. Come and feel the burn. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Jones. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for trying to fix the great state of Georgia, trying to fix our country. Thank you so much. He did not. <laughs> feel the burn. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that um, uh, Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders over there is probably going to be calling him on trademark copyright and every either. <laughs> Every other, every other law you can call down on him for that one. That was uh, what a great. I think that's the first really in-depth interview that we've heard uh, Jordan Conradson give. Now, I I was looking at some of the comments over in chat, and I got to tell you guys, I've been reporting, I've been sharing Jordan Conradson's reports since day one, since he hopped on with the Gateway Pundit, and he started doing uh, field interviews, and then now he's doing articles on the Gateway Pundit. I agree with you. 
I did not think that he looked like that with that kind of a voice, but you know, it just goes to show uh, sometimes it's better to stick to the radio, right? Anyways, so yes, that was a really awesome interview with uh, Vernon Jones. Now, I would have to say, Dr. Cassidy Taylor, you're going to have to do some extra leg work if you want to catch up with Vernon, uh, because he was already a rock star coming out of uh, what happened with the elections and him uh, uh, basically um, uh, leaving the dark side, uh, becoming a Jedi Knight. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I guess I can make a reference every now and then. Um, but yeah, so uh, there you go. And he almost forgot to give he almost forgot to give out his uh, his campaign information there at the end. So I thought that was kind of funny. Also, he was just getting into it. You know what I mean? He was he was feeling that feeling that uh, that interview. So all right, that was uh, let me get that shrunken down. That was uh, one from uh, Jordan Conradson. With he's he's done such excellent work. Uh, in regards to what is happening in Arizona, apparently he's a Phoenix native, um, and uh, you know I think I think that boy deserves you know some type of award or something like that. Okay, so we're gonna catch up now with uh, Garland Favorito. Now this story is a okay. Talk about the election audits boiling over. You have this one former representative, now gu gubernatorial candidate, uh, who visited Arizona to see this audit. He's from Georgia, talking it up. Now we have this huge, and this is this is a pretty big one, guys. Like um, we reported, well, we we shared with you guys, probably going on like maybe three weeks ago, uh, this whole issue that was happening uh, where the Georgia Star, which is a local paper there in Georgia was reporting on how um, like what something like 20 or 30 of the counties in Georgia had not turned in their chain of custody uh, in spite of the fact that, that they, a local newspaper, had asked them about it and were wanting information on that chain of custody. Well, this is finally hitting the mainstream networks and that's much to the credit of a uh, uh, news acts like OAN, because after all, uh, we know that um, uh, news acts like uh, uh, Newsmax, for example, though they do still have some reporters and journalists and, uh, you know, TV show hosts that um, um, have integrity, it would seem. Uh, there's something amiss at Newsmax, you know, we especially when they folded, they folded underneath the pressure of Dominion's uh, lawsuits and threatening. One has to ask, because news News mask, max, news mask, right? News mask, huh? That's that's something that just popped into my head. Um, Newsmax definitely laid it on thick in regards to the election fraud and all of that stuff. They they were giving us the stories, they were giving us the news, and then they folded. They folded like I don't know, like a, an origami puzzle, and and that was in the threats, and that's why I think that was kind of orchestrated. Because they could have fought that lawsuit. Uh, they could have fought it and they could have stood up just like, you know, Mike Lindell, Cindy Powell, they're doing that. Now, they, they, Cindy, Sydney Powell, Mike Lindell, all the hundreds of people who had affidavits, um, everything that was going on. And now all of the information that's coming out now, like we have Matthew DiPerno, who's confirmed that the Dominion machines could be hacked uh, remotely and then um, um, viewed and also, um, 
altered remotely, like all of this information has come out. So I'm sure Newsmask probably probably feels pretty stupid right now. Um, but OAN has been on top of it. So that's what I'm saying. Like OAN, they have not lost their modicum of uh, courage and integrity. Indeed, I mean, it's not like Newsmask. It's not like Fox. Fox's number was up the minute I was watching um, you know, I was watching election night 2020 and the with 2%, maybe 3% of all the polls confirming 2% in Virginia, they gave it to Biden. I knew Fox was not ever to be trusted ever, ever again. So anyways, but uh, let's go ahead and check out this OAN. Now, OAN is reporting about how um, the chain of custody documentation is missing. And the people in Georgia are scrambling like crazy. So let's go ahead and take a look into this. Like this is boiling over, guys. So Georgia, I would say, and I have been saying once Arizona's done, it's going to be either Michigan or Georgia. I think those are my top two. Those are my top two for the next audit will either be Michigan or Georgia, but it's really looking like it's going to be Georgia, especially on the heels of this report. Let's give her a listen. Out of Fulton County, as through an open records request, the Georgia Star News has actually obtained the Dropbox valid transfer forms for Fulton County. And when they did, guess what they discovered? We'll take a look at this. In an email sent to Fulton County on May 17th, Tiffany Morgan, reporter for the Georgia Star News, writes, Dear Fulton County, we are in receipt of a thumb drive, which we picked up in person from your office on May 3rd, 2021, that contains scans of documents responsive to our open records request reference. We have reviewed those documents, and it appears that you provided documentation for about 59,000 ballots. The accompanying spreadsheet you provided a file named copy of absentee ballot Dropbox daily count November 3rd, 2020, said there were about 78,000 ballots cast in the November 3rd, 2020 election. Please provide us with the missing documentation on these 19,000 ballots and explain the discrepancy. Well, apparently it took almost a good month to get their thoughts together before Mariska Bodison board secretary for the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections replied with this message. As we reviewed the documents provided to you in our daily log, we noticed that a few forms are missing. It seems when 25 plus core personnel were quarantined due to positive COVID-19 outbreak at the EPC, some procedural paperwork may have been misplaced. Please feel free to contact me if you have any questions. Boy, do we have questions. COVID, COVID, COVID is becoming the new dog ate my homework, but it's not actually going to work this time because when 13 of the 60 employees there at the Fulton County Election Preparation Center tested positive for COVID-19 between October 13th and October 15th, 2020, Richard Barron, Fulton County Director of Registration and Elections, assured the public there had been no delay in processing ballots except for the day when personnel were getting tested. Now, interestingly enough, the days where transfer forms were missing had no correspondence to the COVID timeline. Those dates were October 7th, 9th, and 11th. And it wasn't until the 13th to the 15th that employees started testing positive. And the only day forms were missing after the positive results were released was October 20th. So how did the Georgia Star News actually figure out how many ballots 
are actually missing chain of custody documents. Take a look at this graphic. Everywhere that is highlighted shows where forms are missing. For a total of 385 Dropbox collections, adding up to a grand total of 18,901 ballots. And do you remember what Biden's margin of winning the state was? 11,779. Now, Fulton County officials are realizing just how bad this looks. So to try to cover up what happened, they followed up their initial email with a new statement. We do not agree with the 19,000 you referenced in your inquiry. Please advise at how you derived at this number and we will investigate. Yeah, right, you'll investigate. How in the world can you be missing chain of custody documents for one out of four absentee ballots in Fulton County? And it takes a local newspaper to break the story? Well, according to soon-to-be ex-Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, it's not his fault. It's the fault of Fulton County's elections leadership. As Raffensperger took to Twitter to tweet this, restoring confidence in our elections is going to be impossible as long as Fulton County's elections leadership continues to fail the voters of Fulton County and the voters of Georgia. They need new leadership to step up and take charge. New revelations that Fulton County is unable to produce all ballot Dropbox transfer documents will be investigated thoroughly, as we have with other counties that failed to follow Georgia rules and regulations regarding Dropboxes. This cannot continue. You want to know what cannot continue? A Secretary of State complicit in aiding and abetting the crime of the century. This isn't just Fulton County's fault. This is the Secretary of State's fault because it's not just Fulton County that has issues with chain of custody documentation. A total of 28 counties are still not responding to the Star News open records requests. For a grand total of 333,000 Dropbox ballots for which we have not seen chain of custody documentation. And as much as we're talking missing chain of custody documentation, let's not forget that there were plenty of other types of fraud that as of yet have not been investigated. Over 66,000 who registered to vote before their 17th birthday and over 10,000 who were deceased by November 3rd. That's tens of thousands of votes over the amount Biden won by. So who won Georgia? I think we all know the answer to that question, especially those in leadership in Fulton County, Georgia. And that's a real story. So what is Fulton County hiding and who will hold them accountable? Let's ask Georgia voter and plaintiff in the suit seeking to unseal the ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia, Garland Favorito, who joins us now. Garland, how excited are you? This is finally getting out. You have been fighting to get this out for months now. Well, Natalie, I've got to thank you and OAN and the Georgia Star for just doing some incredibly great reporting. Uh, you summed up the whole situation here in Georgia better than I could have done. Um, and uh, we uh, are not really surprised about this. First of all, there should not have been drop boxes uh, to begin with in Georgia. That's a whole other equal protection issue uh, that you know, it never should have happened. But what's interesting about this, probably the, only, well, the one thing that I can add to the story is that, ironically, this is about the number of ballots that we suspected were counterfeit. And uh, uh, the reason we suspect that, because we have, actually a four sworn affidavits from poll managers as well as two corroborating uh, affidavits from audit monitors saying that they found these counterfeit ballots from when they were doing the audit 
and they believe that it scaled into the tens of thousands. So what is interesting about this is that this number that they've come up with, 18,000, and since Fulton County didn't know how to, how to come up with that number, you just, as you said, just subtract two to A from B. Um, but that's the exact, you know, about the number that we thought were, were bad. So uh, it's, that's what's really ironic about this thing. So the whole situation that you put out in Georgia Star, it just shows us that we have to have an inspection so that we can find out what the truth is. And that's what we've been wanting to do, uh, you know, ever since we filed the suit back in December uh, 23rd. This is what's so sad about how long this has taken, because you did have affidavits, you had witnesses to what was going on, but no one took the time to listen. And even now it's being slow walked. How soon do you think we would get an audit, especially with this new information? Is there a way to speed up the process since the judge is taking his time? Well, unfortunately, probably not, since Fulton County has thrown a couple more obstacles in our way in the last uh, three weeks or so. And uh, there, there's uh, some technical jockeying in terms of what we call sovereign immunity here in Georgia. And who, who should you sue? Who are the right plaintiffs? And so on. The law just changed in uh, December 31st. And unfortunately, now we are kind of a guinea pig for this new sovereign immunity law and making sure that we have uh, sued the right people. So I suspect that there might be a, a, another delay, even though we are going back to court Monday on the 21st. Um, I suspect there will probably be some more technical jockey, but we will eventually get to look at these ballots, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I uh, will find out about these 18,000 uh, that, that are missing transfer forms. Don't you love how they care about all these little technicalities? It's like, this is what the problem was back in November, December, January. Technicalities, you should have told us before the election. Then after the election happens, oh, it's a mute point. All this legal jargon and all this craziness, it's taking so long. Do you think we're gonna get answers this summer? Because the primaries are gonna come up and we're gonna see what happened with the Senate races and the presidency. It's just gonna be on repeat next year. Yeah, I, I do think we'll get some answers uh, maybe by the end of the summer. It'll probably take us that long uh, to, to get there. Um, and it's, what's ironic about this is that we have had to fight, as you mentioned, not only Fulton County, but we've had to fight the Secretary of State and the Attorney General uh, who have thrown up uh, uh, roadblocks here in Georgia. And we're basically fighting the establishment of both parties both the Democrat and Republican parties is what we're up against. So it's taken a while to you know, just keep keep beating them down, but we're gonna get there. We're not giving up and we'll, we'll get to inspect these balance sooner or later. Really, the, you are such an inspiration that the people of Georgia have been fighting for freedom and fairness because the politicians have let us down. We're still, of course, waiting for the state legislature to show some courage. Do you think they're gonna show some courage in backing you all and trying to make sure that they can fix it too? Yeah, that's a great question, Natalie. Uh, it's hard to know uh, what they're going to do. They uh, haven't quite had as much courage as as Arizona, even though they do have a, they do have a Republican majority. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, folks at the top of the of the chain there, the food chain, that have been shutting us down. One, uh, Lieutenant Governor Juan, he has now announced he's not running for re-election. You know, Secretary of State will, I think, will is on his way out as hopefully the attorney general. Right. So once that will start to clean things up and okay. the 
the grassroots are coming coming up uh, through the ranks and hopefully we'll take some control and more initiative and to get this done. Well, God bless you for what you're doing. Keep us posted on what's going on. We'll look forward to hearing what happens on Monday. And again, God bless you. You're really doing amazing work out there. Thank you, Natalie. You are too. All right. So there we go. There goes Garland Favorito. Now, thank goodness, unlike Jordan Conradson, he was mic'd up on this interview. Do you guys remember that one <laughs> that we were listening to? I was like, you could not hear a dang thing that he was saying. Uh, that was terrible. And, you know, the 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 uh, caliber of my mic was not as well back then. I think I'll have to work on the monitor situation next, but uh, sounds coming through pretty clear on mine and other people's uh, sound that I'm getting comms from. So hopefully it's not too messed up for everybody out there. But I think comparatively speaking, that was pretty good. And yes, WC Crane Up, thank you for the can. Have a beer on me. Uh, yes. Uh, what is your BOC, my friend? I, I do wonder. Beer of choice. <laughs> anyway, and for the cookie. So yeah, I appreciate the, the drink and the snacks, sir. I do definitely appreciate that. But yeah, so here you can see definitely this is this is definitely a topic that everyone is talking about. We're getting to this point here where it's becoming so fleshed out and so in the light in regards to uh, what's happening with the audits and er I mean everything is coming out. And in fact, we even had some statements from the Arizona audit people. Let me go and say, oh, oh ho, 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 ho. you all guys know who that, oh, ho. that's where we're going next, ladies and gentlemen. Let me go ahead and put, what happened to, I thought I had an Arizona flag up in this one. All right. Okay. So a statement from the Arizona audit, um, um, I was going to say committee, but you know what's going on over there. Uh, they released a statement on their Twitter saying at our current rate of examining over 100,000 ballots per day, we will complete the paper exam phase of the audit by Saturday, June 26th. So once that is completed, then they are officially done with the audit, uh, forensic and all, and then it will all be up to those who are putting that report together. And we know that they are most definitely coming, um, they are definitely, uh, most definitely coming down to the wire on that and people are coming down on them because of that. Now that means in just 10 days, in 10 days, ladies and gentlemen, this audit will be complete. Thank goodness it's before uh, Trump visits the border. And, you know, I also saw some uh, word up in there about, yeah, sorry about that looking up. <laughs> You know who that is. Um, I also saw some word in there about, um, and yeah, it's coming back, guys. So brace yourselves. Uh, uh, I saw, I think it was it looking up who'd mentioned something about bullets going missing in Mexico. Now I haven't heard a lot about that, but you know when stuff like that starts to happen, you know where do that where does that stuff usually end up? Because I know I saw a story recently that was talking about a lot of military guns that had been missing, and they're showing up in like you know uh, terrorist hands and stuff. And that was a recent story. I didn't get to get into the article um but you know i'll probably go and look for that one again uh but yeah so just in 10 days and we know that everyone's coming down on them right so uh we know that um ag garland okay now guys brace yourself because i'm gonna put his face back on the screen here he comes oh wait you guys are talking about oh god not that guy oh god not that guy oh man i'm getting ahead of myself okay uh we're talking okay so this guy here this is ag garland ag uh merrick garland this is the guy in the doj who's trying to get himself involved with the arizona audits right now uh he's trying to get the feds in there so great article from <laughs> great article from see that's not good in Rouge, the united states i see that there a great article from the gateway pundit now they're talking 
talking about how he gave a speech this past Friday uh, where he was talking about, you know, um, election security. But interestingly enough or interesting enough, um, he barely touched the Arizona audit, if not just to say uh, that, you know, he didn't believe on what was going on. He basically dismissed it. You know, he said, uh, if fraud is found, they will vigorously prosecute. But then he went on to say they have been refuted. And he's talking about the Arizona audit here. They have been refuted by intel agencies, law enforcement, both administrations and every federal and state court that reviewed them. Um, and now it, uh, it says here in the Gateway Pundit article in his Friday speech Garland mentions he assigned his associate attorney general to enforce presidential executive order 14019. Now, this would be one of those executive orders that uh, uh, Beluga well uh, B2 bomber Billiam uh, Barr went ahead and fast-tracked for Biden. And that said uh, that Garland avoid. it also said that Garland avoided using the name of that attorney general associate Vanita Gupta. Um, and that individual is third in command at the DOJ. But um, he said that, uh, well, no, that he didn't say that, but it is known that she's been associated with extremist left groups along with defunding the police comments and that she's part of Biden's dark money network intent on bringing the radical left culture war to the DOJ. Uh, so, man, if the Department of Justice goes full woke, like, you know, the State Department and the military have, uh, that's going to be an issue. Uh, again, Truman National Security project. Look them up, ladies and gentlemen. That's where they're all breeding them. Um, anyways, so it says here the uh, executive order 14019 mandates agency heads to increase voter registration and vote by mail. It tasks the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, the GSA, the General Service Administration, the OMB Office of Management and B uh, Budget, the DOJ and the D Department, State of, Department of State, also federal prisons, the United States Post Office and so on with ways to increase voting for Democrat factions. Uh, now, Garland's efforts for the federal, um, I guess, overreach would also include finding, uh, finding civil rights violations in new voting laws passed by 14 states. And we all know that a lot of uh, states have been passing these new, more secure voting laws, you know, like uh, kind of like the, the half job they did over there in Georgia. And stuff like that. Um, also bringing back the DOJ's power and uh, pre-clearance of oversight, increasing voter registration, increasing the number of voters, obstructing it or restricting the ability to clean up the voter rolls. And we know that that's a fight that is going on and has been going on for some years now, where some states have actually had to clean up their voter rolls because they were sued and they were forced to basically. All right. And then also control and restrict controlling and restricting the ability to audit elections. Also um, using numerous federal agencies to control election disinformation. Um, Garland wants the John Lewis Voting Rights Act passed by Congress. Now, in this act, certain states and local governments would need to pre-clear changes to their voting laws with the DOJ. So again, this is a way overreach of federal powers. These powers are relegated to the states. There's no reason why the federal government should be trying to centralize their control over the states unless, of course, you know, they want to uh, really, well, we already know they want to be that communist socialist state, right? Um, it says here, the act is written to avoid any Supreme Court concerns mentioned in the 20, 0, 2103 um, case, Shelby County versus Holder, when this practice was ruled unconstitutional. The court said discrimination in voting is no longer a problem like it was 40 years ago, but 
Garland, he doesn't see it that way. He disagrees with that decision and he wants the power back for the DOJ. So those, those are just some of the things that we're facing with uh, or that they're facing. We are facing as Americans with what's going on over there. And uh, they are definitely seeing that pressure. But I mean, the people are standing up, you know, and, and it has to be said, you know, even though these senators are proving to be brave in the face of what is happening in their state and all the opposition, I really do believe that it is the uh, pow- the push of the people, you know, it is pu- the push of the, uh, um, the uh, patriots and the Americans that are empowering them or throttling them to move forward in their actions and not to look back. Like yesterday, we covered uh, how um, um, A.G. Bronovich over there in Arizona finally got off of his uh, couch, as it were, and started to say something. So we'll continue to see and let you guys know what's going on. As always, you know, this is one of those hot button issues here. And uh, I think I think even with the fall of Fauci, this is not going to this is not going to quiet down soon enough. Um, I think that we're, we're still going to see we're going to see a lot of fireworks coming out of this one, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're almost at the top of the second hour and we are just getting into the meat and potatoes of today's show. All right. Now everyone knows who that. OK, now uh, hold thy lunch. <laughs> Hopefully it does not repeat on thee, uh, but here's what we really want to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. So now for the past few weeks, I have really been alluding to uh, the Hunter Biden emails. I've been saying things like it is the fall of Fauci, the email leak from Fauci. I mean, come on, it went out to BuzzFeed. It went out to the Washington Compost. Um, I mean, that's totally, it was totally meant to be controlled. Um, who knows where it'll end up for him. They're still going to slow walk all that stuff. But I think it was primarily because they wanted to cover over the Biden crime family and also Hunter's laptop from hell and all the likes. Now, at the head of this, I will say um, all of these, all all of this information I did obtain from ToriSays.com. Now, okay, so just so you have a little bit of backstory on this, um, they actually... They have said now. Okay, so I I um, I've been a, a, a listener of ToriSays.com. However, um, since I've been doing the C report, I don't get to listen like I used to. But every now and then, I will go over to their website uh, because they do post articles and news, and I have found their articles and the news information that they give to be very credible. Um, I mean, we're, this is what we're talking about: Shadowgate. This is where we're getting into John Brennan. We're getting into General Jones. We're getting into the 702 leak. We're getting into how um, we're getting into how the uh, the wiretap was actually the whistleblower that they were claiming. This is Adam Shifty Schiff and all of the other information. So um, I, I mean, I don't really care so much about the messenger here. What I am listening to is the message. So um, God, this was probably like months ago. Uh, they had mentioned over there that they actually had a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop. So uh, this has been some months in the work. Now we're hearing a lot about Hunter Biden and his laptop seep into the mainstream media again. And you really have to wonder what is driving all of that. Well, recently over at ToriSays.com, they actually have posted now um, um, a database where you, the viewer, can actually read Hunter Biden's emails. Like, I, I mean, I haven't accessed it myself, but we're going to share some of those emails with you guys tonight. Okay. Now, um, a lot of this stuff 
uh, is talking about, um, it, it's bringing to the surface more of what was on that laptop, not the pornography, not the child porn, not the drug use. Um, according to them, there's plenty of that. And, and actually, I haven't seen the meat of that, but uh, no pun intended, but um, I have seen some of the stuff that's on there, um, nothing that was too graphic, thank goodness. But um, the the emails there that they have, um, they're starting to form the picture that there was a whole lot more involvement. And it's kind of like, um, they said the same thing over, Troy says, in regards to the murder of Seth Rich and how he had downloaded a server from the DNC. And uh, they were thinking, oh, well, the only reason why that they were after Seth Rich and that server that he downloaded from the DNC was because of the uh, Hillary Clinton emails. Come to find out, it was not just the Hillary Clinton emails that were on that server. It was it was a whole lot more. It was actually a software and it was applications on how to hack into and how to steal elections. Um, you know, it was it was uh, contacts. It was a whole lot more than just Hillary Clinton's email that was on that server. And what we're finding out here, as we'll disclose in some of the emails I'm going to share with you all tonight, is that uh, there was a whole lot more going on with Hunter Biden and his family. Um, and but what we'll see in these emails is that. Hunter uh, was really one of the individuals that orchestrated a lot of the activity and movement that was happening. Now, does this mean that uh, he was the mastermind behind all of this? I don't know. Does this mean that his father, Joe Biden, was just using his son as like a, a fall person or possibly a patsy so that in the event that all of this information got out, they could say, oh, well, it was a crack addict who did it. It was a, a sex fiend who did it. It had I had nothing to do with it. I don't know. That could quite possibly be what's going on here. At either rate, uh, either rate, uh, it's it's very interesting information. So the first thing that we're going to do is uh, the first one of the first emails that we'll talk about is uh, emails that are really starting to show um, um, the Hunter, I mean, sorry, the Biden crime family as a syndicate. Um, and this is by way of Hunter Biden. He had some emails where he was actually smuggling foreign criminals over the border to meet with Joe Biden, who was then vice president of the United States and quite possibly also Barack Obama. So that's some pretty interesting information right there. Um, it, it starts to show the crimes that were committed by the Biden crime family and the uh, 44th administration of the United States of America. Now, in this uh, one of the first emails that we'll be sharing with you, um, it shows Hunter Biden conspiring with foreign nationals to smuggle Mikola Zlochevsky through the southern border of the United States into America to meet with Vice President and also possibly, like I said, um, um, President, then President, President-select Barack Obama. So um, for those of you who are wondering who is Mikola or Nikola Zlochevsky, that's that man right there. He's not a pretty man. <laughs> He's not a pretty man at all. Um, but, you know, this, okay, so this man, basically, Nikola Zolchevsky, he is the owner, or was the owner, is the owner of Burisma Holdings. So we're going to do a quick recap on that. Now, Nikola Zolchevsky was the former ecology minister of Ukraine during the term of President Viktor Yanukov. And he was also the founder of Burisma Holdings, um, which is Ukraine's largest oil and natural gas 
company. Zlochewski and Yanokiv um, were deposed in the maiden coup in 2014, and they went into hiding. Yanokiv and a cabinet official was also accused of looting tens of billions of dollars from the Ukrainian government. Zlochevsky was accused of looting about $5 billion as ecology minister through illegal illegal manipulation of licensing fees. So some of y'all might remember how Burisma Holdings was very corrupt. You guys probably remember how they were under investigation by Shokin, who was um, an attorney, I guess, uh, I guess an equivalent of attorney general over there. And also, if you guys remember, um, Shokin is the one that President, uh, Vice President uh, Biden at the time had basically threatened, uh, threatened um, holding money if he was not fired for doing his investigation into Burisma, which at that time Hunter Biden was also sor- serving on um, on the board over there. So there's a little bit of that. Now, the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine had this to say about uh, Zolchevsky. The National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine is investigating criminal proceedings of on the fact of misconduct by officials of the Ministry of Ecology when issuing special permits for those the use of mineral resources to enterprise uh, enterprises founded by Burisma Limited in 2010 through 2012. So I dug up a bit of a, a bit a little bit of information in regards to this, so we could kind of get a, a, you know um, our memories back. And it wasn't too long ago, but you know so much has gone on since uh, you know um, the elections in 2016, and when all of this was really coming to a head, we know that they tried to impeach uh, President Trump because uh, supposedly he was doing quid pro quo with uh, President Zelensky, uh, who was the um, who was the uh, successor to uh, the pr- the president uh, then? Um, and see that dude's name was uh, President. Da, 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 da. Mm. Uh, his name is. Excuse, it's in my. It's in my notes. We'll get to. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and get through this because uh, the president of uh, Ukraine then was also corrupt. Okay, because he basically uh, went along with everything that Burisma was doing, and he went along with um, the other uh, prosecutor generals over there. And so uh, after he was overthrown or he was deposed, that's when Zelensky was brought into power. And Zelensky's the one that had the phone conversation with President Trump, whom Shifty Shift, Adam Shifty Shift, then went on to say that he was doing a quid pro quo with when in fact it was the other way around. And we'll touch on to that in just a minute. Now, a history of crime and cover up um, by Burisma, the Burisma government and the Biden crime family. Now, keep in mind, this guy on the screen right here, Sholinsky. He's actually a Ukrainian oligarch. So Zelensky is a Ukrainian oligarch. Um, he's a very powerful and rich man, is owning businesses as well as having been a head of state. Now, just as a way, a way of reminder, in the spring of 2014, the Ukrainian Prosecutor General's Office opened an investigation at the behest of the United Kingdom Prosecutor's Office, which was investigating money laundering allegations against Solensky and had frozen $23.5 million in assets allegedly belonging to him in April of 2014. Ukrainian prosecutors refused to 
provide the United Kingdom with needed documents. And in January 2015, a British court ordered the assets unfrozen. This action was appointedly called out in a speech by the United States ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, who stated in the case of former ecology minister Mykola Slochewski, the United Kingdom authorities had seized $23 million in illicit assets that belonged to the people of Ukraine. Instead of receiving cooperation from Ukrainian prosecutors, they sent letter to Soleski's attorney attesting that there was no case against him. As a result, the money was freed by the United Kingdom and shortly thereafter, the money was moved to Cyprus. Now, on February 10th, 2015, Viktor Shokin was appointed as prosecutor general of the, U- of the Ukraine and he picked up the investigation into Burisma, which reportedly continued until his removal in early 2016 under pressure from Vice President Biden on President Poroshenko. Yes, there we go. Poroshenko was the bad guy. Um, I always think of like, uh, uh, was that Pankow braiding? Anyways, when I used to hear his name, so I don't know, <laughs> Panko. Anyways, okay, Poroshenko, Panko, threatening to withhold $1 billion in loan guarantees unless the investigation into Hunter Biden was terminated. The Hill article included a written answer to Shokin, who said his investigation into Burisma had included plans for interrogation and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the executive board, including Hunter Biden. Vice President Joe Biden oversaw the disbursement of $1 billion allocated by the United States to the new government of Ukraine. In 2014, Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was appointed to the board of directors of Burisma Holdings, the largest oil and gas um, a company in Ukraine. Hunter Biden was hired by Mykola Zolensky himself, who served as Ukraine's ecology minister in the previous administration. Hunter Biden was paid $166,000 per month. The money was split between uh, him and his nephew, Whitey Bulger. What a name, right? Zolensky uh, uh, Solevsky came under investigation by the new administration for alleged embezzlement of $5 billion while ecology minister. The prosecutor traced payments made to Hunter Biden. Vice President Biden threatened the new re- Ukrainian administration to withhold $1 billion in the United States allocated funds unless the prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden was fired. So why don't we go ahead and play that video because it's fun and you guys all remember this so okay so let's just go now here's uh president select biden doing his quid pro quo joe moment over at the council on foreign relations what a moron um i remember going to the commission about january to the commission that got me shooting in july long down i went over i guess the 12th 13th time and I was supposed to announce that there's another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. I think it was about six hours. I looked, I said, leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Okay. Sorry about that, y'all. I didn't mean to. Uh... 
Yeah, the sound on that one's real low. I uh, didn't mean for my little images to pop up there, but hold on, guys. Let's go ahead and get this back up and going. So, okay. So, if you could hear that, then you could see. Yeah, that was the moment. That was uh, that was Joe Biden's quid pro Joe moment. Uh, whenever, let me get myself straightened up here. <laughs> oh, vanity. Okay, <laughs> so that was a that was a, a quid pro Joe moment there uh, for. President Select. Now that's what got him into trouble, like most definitely. Uh, I mean, it was going to come to light either way, right? Okay, so there you guys go. If you, I'm sure you all remember that. Now we have a little bit of this whole backstory. Uh, the Bidens aided Ukraine in corruption, and that was during the time of Joe Biden um, that he was the point man, as they've said, for Obama in the Ukraine, and his son Hunter and Hunter's business partners, Devin Archer. So Devin Archer also comes up into this. Now, Devin Archer was one of his buddies and his business, like they, they did the school and all that stuff together. They were on the payroll of the Ukrainian oil and gas company Burisma. Uh, there were three Ukrainian prosecutor generals. So now here's, we're going to talk about these prosecutor generals and how Shokin came into play as being the one that was going to get fired ultimately for pursuing an investigation into Burisma. Okay, so uh, the first was a person named Vitaly Yerema, and the third was one named Yuri Lutsenko. Uh, they actively helped Burisma escape responsibility for the theft of Ukraine's oil and gas assets, but Biden did not speak out against them and made no effort to force them from office. Um, only Viktor Shokin pursued Burisma and its owner, uh, Mikola Slochevsky. Shokin put seizures on their assets and issued a warrant for Slochevsky's arrest should he return to Ukraine. Yet Shokin, not Yurima, nor Lutsenko were the prosecutor generals that Biden called out and forced from office. So you have these three prosecutor generals there in Ukraine, and yet Shokin is the only one that Biden is saying you have to fire them or you're not going to get your billion dollars, Ukraine. Um, so that was one thing that was going on there. Now, at the outset of the Ukrainian investigation, it was United States policy for Ukraine to recover oil and gas assets believed to have been stolen from the Ukrainian people by Slochevsky. When he was the Ukrainian Minister of Ecology and Natural Resources between 2010 and 2012. As a result, Slochevsky hired a politically connected DC firm, Star Strategies, to lobby the United States Department to change this policy. Shortly after Biden became a U.S. point man in February 2014, Slochevsky hired Hunter Biden and his partner, Devin Archer, as Burisma board members at up to $160,000 per month ostensibly to advise on corporate governance. So that was another thing that people were saying. I know I said it several times. You have this crack addict sex fiend over there in the Ukraine who doesn't speak a lick of whatever language it is that they speak, yet he's serving on the board. And then also what? He doesn't know anything about energy. He doesn't know anything about gas and utilities, but yet he's getting all of this money over there on the board, right? Um, well, I mean, he's uh, come to find out he's a lawyer. Believe it or not, this, this is a high-functioning crack addict that we have right here. And... Uh, so, I mean, he was probably more involved in the legalese and the lawyer stuff. Sorry, guys, I just, my uh, my camera fell down there for a minute. Uh, so he was involved in the legalese and all of that lawyer stuff for Burisma. So I guess regardless of whether he spoke the language or if he knew a thing or two about, uh, you know, gas and, and energy and stuff like that, that's the capacity that he was serving at. Aside from being like political clout uh, for their people with the United States of America. 
Okay, so uh, the article goes on that uh, Sochesky hired Hunter Biden as partner, as I said, and neither were required to go to Ukraine to attend board meetings. Neither were experts in corporate governance and Burisma, a privately owned company, had little need for corporate governance advice. Had it, um, he, had, it had such a need and had Hunter and Archer actually been corporate govern, governance experts, this was a truly astonishing price to pay for such advisors. Now, it's possible to provide a financial inducement to a public official to alter their conduct in one's favor through money provided to their offspring. So in other words, I'm going to pay off your son. So this way, maybe you'll do business with us, you know, or whomever it is that it might be in the family. Um, but here we see that uh, through the emails, sometimes the officials shared in the bounty directly, something that's suggested by emails recently found on Hunter Biden's laptop. All, all this also strongly suggests that there is a cover-up um, the reality was that Hunter and Archer were obviously close to Hunter's father, Joe Biden, and they were also close to Secretary of State John Kerry, who's also a close ally of the Bidens. They immediately began lobbying and uh, lobbying the State Department higher ups, um, including meetings with Kerry. And there are documents that support this. And Zlochewski made a large contribution to a Delaware charity in the name of Biden's deceased son, Beau. Um, Archer also held a $10,000 plate fundraiser for Kerry's daughter. People at the State Department urged Biden to address the obvious conflict of interest arising from Hunter's activities, but Biden did nothing. In fact, Hunter has said publicly in a TV interview that he discussed this engagement with his father before he began with Burisma. And we also know that um, uh, illegitimate Joe has said several times that he has no knowledge of his son's business dealings. And then, of course, we've all seen that picture, right? <laughs> We've all seen that picture with uh, Hunter and Joe and all of them uh, golfing together. Anyways, in mid-April 2014, the United Kingdom froze uh, $23 million of Sochesky's assets. We covered that. And again, you have, um, eventually you have a year, a year, sorry, these names are something else, guys. Eventually you have Urema and the other um, um, general over there, um, investigate general they eventually get in trouble they eventually get uh, uh found for having corruption and assisting slochevsky in getting away with all of that money okay and, and then but still you have a uh, shokin who gets fired okay so that's kind of like um a quick nutshell catch-up of the things that were going on over there shokin was um succeeded by lutsenko but lutsenko was also charged with corruption that was the other name i was looking for so you have lutsenko and Urema. They're also charged with corruption. Shokin is fired. Okay. And um, I guess the rest becomes history. It's something that they're still looking into. Although, of course, it's been, that's been put a cap on. Now, Zelensky, I know, uh, was also instrumental in um, uh, defeating some of that corruption. But now that we have the names like uh, Nicholas Soletsky, uh, who is that mean mug that we saw just a minute ago? We have Devin Archer's name in the books. Uh, we can get to some of these emails. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the emails. Again, these were released by torysays.com. All right, I'm going to go ahead and expand that on the screen for you guys so you can see it. All right, and I'll expand it a little bit over here. I just wanted to give you guys a quick catch up because all of these names come up in these emails. Now, these emails here are the ones that are showing. Now, we know that Slochevsky, he is a criminal, okay? He stole all, he stole billions of dollars from the Ukrainian people, um, and, and that's billions upon billions of dollars. And then he flew the coup, 
right? And he got he got away. Um, and so they have a warrant out for him if he ever goes back to the Ukraine, that kind of thing. But yet we see here in 2014, May of 2014, he uh, they are trying to arrange for him to come into the United States to visit with then Vice President uh, Biden and President and possibly President Obama. So uh, this uh, email comes from an individual by the name of Vadim Posharsky. Let me go ahead and expand that just a little bit more for you all. Okay, cool. All right. Um, and like I said, the they they obtain these emails because they say they have a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop. But also, like I said, on their website, they have actually released databases that you can log into um, and you can actually sift through all of these emails. They said that they removed any pornography, they removed any child porn, and they removed any other things, I guess, that would otherwise... Um, I guess I guess get them in trouble. I don't know. But that way, if you go and you read through these emails, you don't have a risk of the FBI coming to your door and knocking on your door because you have child porn, because you were looking at Hunter Biden's laptop and his emails. Uh, but apparently that's what they have. I haven't accessed it myself, but these are some of the emails, like I said. Okay, so here we have a letter from Vadim Pocharsky, who is from Ukraine. Um, writing to Heather King, and they copy uh, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Uh, media reaction to a PR on Hunter Biden. Uh, it says, Dear Heather, thank you for information provided. As to the two last, uh, last two points you mentioned, one, of course, nobody from Burisma ever met Vice President, and they put yet there, because as you'll see in a, an email coming up, they do meet, which means they did get into the United States, which means Hunter Biden successfully smuggled a known criminal into the United States to meet with the president and vice president. Okay, that says a lot. I mean, come on. That's already, we already got some crime going on here. Okay, so it says vice president of the United States or somebody from his staff. Two, we are not sure and we do not have any official information as to whether he is on any visa ban list. He's got a valid U.S. visa in his passport, but recently on his travel from the United Kingdom to United States, he was advised by custom authorities in the United Kingdom airport not to proceed to the United States with his flight as he will be denied an entry. It was a leak to the media and they interpreted it that way as to not granting an interview. Totally understand. Please advise here, as now journalists want to get some comments and his uh, him on the phone with Alan Apter, the Varmarian of the board, or the chairman of the board. God, they have terrible typing. Can I give to Alan your phone number so that he would consult with you? Best, Vadim. So here you see in this email, they're talking about how... Um, Zelensky tried to come to the United States, and when Zelensky traveled to the United Kingdom, someone in the United Kingdom tipped him off that his visa would be denied access in the United States. So we're seeing kind of like um, a cross-collusion here between the United States, between the Ukraine and the United Kingdom. But wait, Mexico gets involved as well. Um, these emails reveal that they coordinated, they coordinated through this, uh, they coordinated this through um, four different countries in order to evade the Department of Homeland Security restrictions on um, Solensky's uh, passport, his visa, and to access intelligence from, they used intelligence basically to get this information. Um, and then that way they could evade all of that and they could still smuggle him into the country to meet up with Vice President Biden and possibly Barack Obama. Okay, next email. 
All right. So uh, here it's uh, Heather King uh, to Vadim, who is the person that we just read about. Again, it's CCing Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, both of these from Rosemont Seneca emails. So Rosemont Seneca, Rosemont Capital, as far as I know, is a firm, I believe, Hunter Biden started. Um, and from what I understand, a bunch of the senators and congressmen's kids, the Black Hats, are part of this firm. Um, it says, Vadim, can you tell me the exact date this incident with the visa happened and at which United Kingdom airport? Also, tell me why he was coming to the United States. What was the purpose of the visit? With as much detail as you can possibly um, provide. So it's Heather King Esquire. So I guess this is a lawyer um, for Boys, Schiller, and Flexner LLP out of Washington, D.C., um, so there you go. They're trying to figure this out. What's going on now? Again, this was all in 2014. Now this is an email um, from Devin Archer, whom we read about. Uh, we we talked about just a few seconds ago um, to Hunter Biden. Give you a call this morning. Signed, Devin Archer. Now um, Hunter had written to Devin. I wanted to discuss one the Burisma board meeting, I have an idea, and visa issue, and Mexico. The idea is we have board meetings in Mexico, and I'll tell you why that's a really great idea. Two, BTC update. Three, BHR. Four, RSTP issues. Five, other stuff. So, okay, so here you see, right here in this email, Hunter Biden is thinking up a plan to possibly get them, from what it seems, to possibly get them to have a board meeting in Mexico. And perhaps that's where they're going to meet up with Solensky and uh, the other person from um, Ukraine, this Vadim person. Um, but all right, so there's that email. So all of this is showing how they, they perpetrated this crime, this act of smuggling someone in. It does violate certain, you know, laws of the United States of America, as we'll see in just a second. But all of this is stuff that they are not yet talking about on the mainstream media. I'm talking about Fox and all that those things. But um, again, uh, the, these emails came from ToriSays.com. Um, so here's an email from Devin Archer to Vadim Pusharsky, uh, copies to Hunter Biden and Alex Kotlarsky. Uh, it says, Vadim, Hunter is still trying to get... Do I need to expand that for you guys a little bit? I just want to make sure you guys can read it as well. Hunter is still trying to get confirms from our contacts there. If we cannot absolutely clear safe passage, perhaps you can just come. We cannot postpone these high-level meetings at this point. It's a holiday today in the States, so we'll know more tomorrow. Best, uh, Devin Archer. And uh, let's see, I guess Vadim had originally wrote... Um, this would have been, yeah, Vadim had originally wrote, Dear colleagues, hope you are well. Just to let you know, our sources at the Mexican embassy confirmed to us that if a person has had certain unsettled issues, re the American visa in the past, there's a strong probability that he or she might have problems at the Mexican border. With this in mind, I feel that we would, we should consider the risk of Nikolai going there. So, okay. So, I mean, like, they're already, they're already talking about, hey, maybe we'll have uh, this Nikolai Zolesky come into Mexico and we can meet there instead. So, that's kind of the idea of what they want to do. Um, and that's, <laughs> excuse me, 
that definitely says a lot about what there's what's going on here. I mean, this this proves a lot in regards to how entangled Hunter Biden actually was in all of this. He wasn't actually just, you know, it seems like he wasn't actually just a crack addict sex fiend. He was just a very high functioning one, apparently. And he was arranging all of this. I mean, I didn't even know he was a lawyer for crying out loud. Um, but apparently he was a lawyer as well. So I guess some people can do that and not fall off uh, fall off the planet um let's see what the next email is let me go ahead and expand that for you guys okay so this says uh re the dc meetings slash geoterm publication this comes from robert biden or i guess that that is hunter biden um Robert Hunter Biden, I think that's his name. Anyways, and then Vadim Pusharsky. So I guess Vadim is the point of contact for the people in the Ukraine for Solensky. And uh, then you have Devin Archer also and Hunter Biden. Oh, I guess Robert Biden isn't Hunter Biden. Okay, well, we have Hunter Biden in there. So uh, here's where they confirm the dinner. Okay, so now it's 2015. This first email that I shared with you guys uh, from the drop was in 2014, May of 2014. So now we're up to, so over a year it took them to get this done, March of 2015. So about over a year it took them to organize this meeting to smuggle this criminal into the United States to meet with President Obama, possibly, and Vice President Joe Biden. Definitely they're meeting with Joe Biden, okay? Um, so, and then Joe Biden says he had no idea about any of this stuff that Hunter was doing. He had no idea about Burisma or any of his willings and dealings, where this email leak clearly shows that um, they knew everything that was going on. They knew everything that was going on. It says here, dinner is on the 16th. Devin can give you details. I'm out of pocket for the next few days. Now, that was in response to this email that reads, uh, and this is from Vadim. Gents, hope you are well. Could you kindly share with me for logistics purposes, any ideas you've got re our oncoming meeting in Washington, D.C.? Okay, so com confirming here that they are going to Washington, D.C., i.e. dinner on April 15th possible additional meetings we could have question mark that could be useful question mark maybe just to hang out question mark meet with isa whoever that is also looking forward to receiving your inputs re the geothermal energy publications really appreciate your doing that see you soon in washington best vadum okay so that is a letter of confirmation let's take a look at the next one Okay. Oh, sorry, guys. I did not expand that for you. I apologize. <laughs> Let me get my face off the screen. Okay. So this one is sent on April 17th, 2015. This is again from Vadim to Hunter meeting for coffee. So this is after they have officially met, right? This is after they have officially met. It says, Dear Hunter, Thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me a, giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It's realty and honor. It's really an honor and pleasure. As we spoke yesterday evening, would be great to meet today for a quick coffee. What do you think? I could come to your office somewhere around noon or so before or on my way to the airport. Best V. So that is a letter of confirmation of their meeting in Washington, D.C. And I think this is a duplicate. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think that that shows a lot of shenanigans going on in the part 
of the Bidens re-Hunter Joe and having this uh, Ukrainian criminal, Nikola Slokovsky, Slokovsky, uh, coming and visiting the United States. So, um, I mean, that definitely, that definitely violates, in my opinion, uh, a FARA. Now, if those of you who know FARA is, that's the Foreign Agents Registration Act. This is what they're trying to get. This is what they're trying to get Rudy Giuliani now, now on. Now, you remember when they did a raid on Rudy Giuliani's apartment or wherever it is that he lives, his penthouse. I don't know what it is, his penthouse, penthouse. Um, and they took all of his equipment, all of his electronics, except for Hunter Biden's laptop. They were trying to pin him um, for violating FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act. So that this way, uh, I guess, because he was representing people in the United in, in the Ukraine or whatever it was that they were trying to make stick on him. Of course, we know that he did not violate fair. He never represented anyone in the Ukraine. Um, but again, this is um, this is the way that the left projects onto people. And now, the for, for those of you who are not familiar, the Foreign Agents Registration Act is a United States law passed in 1938 requiring that agents representing the interests of foreign powers in a political or quasi-political capacity disclose their relationship with the foreign government and information about related activities and finances. The purposes is to facilitate evaluation by the government and the American people of the statements and activities of such persons. The law is administered by the FARA unit of the Counterintelligence and Export Control Section in the National Security Division of the United States Department of Justice as of 2007, the Justice Department reported there were approximately 1,700 lobbyists representing more than 100 countries before Congress, the White House, and the federal government. So that is some interesting, that's some pretty interesting information there, guys. And again, um, this is just some of the leaks that are coming. Well, not the leak. I guess it would be a leak. Would that be considered a leak? Um, uh, I mean, the, the emails are out there now. People can access them now. Um, that's been made available through Tory says, and, and, you know, there's several articles that have been coming out from that information. Now, um, I'm, I'm wondering when this is going to hit the big time, honestly, because we're small potatoes here at the C report. Um, and let's see here. So uh, the question here we'd have to ask is why would Hunter now here's, here's, and we're just gonna, we're not going to get into all of the emails right now. This is just where we're starting for, uh, right now here at the C report, but, Hunter, in that one of those emails, had recommended possibly having a board meeting in Mexico, okay? And apparently, they have contacts in the Mexican government that was able to give them some insights on what's going on between the United States and Mexico in regards to uh, banned visas or people who are not allowed into the country for obvious reasons. And I'm sure that they were looking to possibly... Um, facilitate that for them. Okay, so there was an another article at torysays.com that actually talked about how Hunter Biden has dealings with cartels in Mexico. And we all know that for some time, at least especially since CIA operations, cartels have been running the governments basically in Mexico. They've been running the states there in Mexico. 
Now, you know, I don't shy away from talking about some of this stuff at all. Like, you know, I've had people say you can't talk about certain things. They'll kill you. Now, when it comes to talking about the cartel guys, like I live in their neighborhood. No, I mean, well, you know, back up in Austin, I was actually in one of their neighborhoods. I had a friend who knew something, a thing or two about some of these cartels. There was a boss that lived, according to them, uh, you know, uh, a few blocks and a bridge down from where I was staying. So, uh, you know, this, this is, this is some serious business here, especially because when you think about how they were, uh, they were utilizing thing, uh, people, or I shouldn't even say people, monsters, right? How they were utilizing, uh, um, uh, MS 13, for example. And now that's not necessarily a cartel. MS 13 is more of a gang. Okay. But they're even, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this within like Spanish or Mexican culture and heritage, uh, you know, people who sing songs, uh, um, there are these people who make songs called um, narco corridos. And narco corridos are basically songs about the Mexican cartel. And I don't know what they're talking about, or what they're singing about. I haven't really heard of these narco corridos, but people get killed by the cartel for singing songs about the cartel in Mexico. Uh, there was a story I had read recently about a five a five man band down in northern mexico that were found um were found uh, slaughtered they used the word slaughtered i think they were executed by the cartel for singing songs about you know the narco structure there the cartel members and stuff like that so it's very real very serious but apparently hunter biden was also uh, in business or I don't know, schmoozing with these people. So that that presents itself a reason why Hunter Biden would then uh, uh, suggest that Mexico could facilitate a meeting between Sol Solchevsky and himself or Solchevsky and Joe Biden down in Mexico. It didn't happen there. Obviously, we just read the email that they met in Washington, D.C. proper. Go figure, right? Now, um, like I said, there was another article over at ToriSays.com that talked about how Hunter Biden did have close connections to the Juarez cartel and uh, that he'd had years of business dealings with them. And this is also going to show a series of um, a series of emails in that regard. So let's go ahead and see if I can't bring that up. OK, I think this is them right here. Okay, da, 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 da. is that the one? Oh no, I missed this one. This is a this is another email about um, Solcheski and his involvement, catching up with that. But let me go ahead. Oh, cartel! I forgot to put that on the screen. Okay, so okay, so here's one of those emails where they're talking about Hunter having dealings with the cartels down in Mexico. Let's go ahead and bring that one onto the screen. And I'll expand that just a little bit for you guys. Okay. All right. So it says, Hunter, I just want to pass on the below information regarding the shooting of Mr. Eloy Valina's son-in-law, Lucindo Carillo Ruizzo. So you and your partners are not blindsided in any way. Now it says here, uh, on Saturday, Mr. Eloy Valina's son-in-law, Lucindo Carrillo Ruiz, was shot five times in an attempted hit at a restaurant. He is still alive. Carrillo Ruiz is known as a known member of the Juarez cartel 
and the nephew of Vicente Carrillo Fuentes, the head of the Juarez cartel. There's no information that indicates Valina is involved in criminal activities. Please let me know if you have any questions. So I dug a little bit uh, a little bit into this kind of situation. Now, Valina is a very powerful and wealthy uh, businessman there in Mexico, northern Mexico. Right. This is by this is border town stuff. Right. Not exactly on the border, but same states. Now, Valina's daughter is married to the son or to the nephew of the head of the Juarez cartel. All right. Um, so that was that's kind of like, hey, what's going on here? OK, so let me get on to the next one. OK, so in this email, Hunter's confirming if the people that he spoke with in Mexico were indeed, uh, um, I guess, this host, this um, Carillo Ruiz dude, Lucindo. Um, so it says here, this is from uh, Timothy Buckley. Now, Timothy Buckley is uh, USSS.DHS, Department of Homeland Security. So why is Timothy Buckley, uh, why is he talking with Hunter about the situation? And if he does indeed work with the Department of um, uh, the DHS, um, uh, Homeland Security, why is he not filing reports on these activities on Hunter Biden? That's a good question to ask. It says, Hunter, he was he was basically the RSO uh, and uh, the RSO that would be the uh, regional service officer forwarded this information to the SAIC. Uh, the SAIC stands for special special agent in charge um, as an FYI to avoid you any surprises. The actual beginning of the email I sent is below. It says from the RSO Ciudad Juarez, so from the regional service officer in Ciudad Juarez, when VP Biden's son came to Chihuahua last month, and Chihuahua is on the Texas border, he met with Mr. Eloy Valina. The Valina family is one of the wealthiest in Chihuahua with ownership of and interest in a number of important businesses. On Saturday, Mr. Valina's son-in-law, Lucindo Carrillo Ruiz, was shot five times in an attempted hit at a restaurant. He is still alive. Carrillo Ruiz is a known member of the Juarez cartel and the nephew of Vicente Carrillo Fuentes, the head of the Juarez cartel. Then Hunter responds, got it, but was Valinas one of the guys I met with? I can't remember their names. Then they put, no, I don't believe so. I think he's just an in-law. So he's trying to confirm that Valinas is not part of the cartel, I guess, but indeed he's an in-law to a cartel member married into a big business man. Um, so I, that kind of says a lot right there. And then again, Hunter wants confirmation. Is he one of the guys I met in El Paso? So he wants to know Valinas is one of the guys that he met in El Paso. Um, and it says here, okay, we read that part. Oh, I think that's the finish of it. Uh, let me see. I just want to pass this uh, information below. Um, Okay, yeah, no, there. That was that was the wrap of that. That was just uh, part of, I guess, a chain, a part of the chain in the email. Um, okay, so let's see. He puts here, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm reading this backwards. So here he's asking, is he one of the guys they met in El Paso? And then he says, no, I don't believe so. I think he's just an in-law. But then he says, but was Valinas one of the guys I met with? And the answer to that by this uh, this uh, individual from the Department of uh, Homeland Security is he was. He was. So he did meet with Valinas, 
who is uh, related to uh, the cartels there in Juarez, Mexico. All right. So there you go. And then that there's just a map of uh, the Mexican cartels in Mexico. Um, can't really see too well, but let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So we have these emails here showing that there are activities between the Biden family and also the cartels. You know, we had those emails where they're talking about having Mexico host them. Um, and they're going to probably try, I guess they, I guess they successfully smuggled Solchevsky through Mexico into America and they had their clandestine meeting, right? Um, okay, so that would just go to show that, you know, the travel was also conducted. And then, you know, something like a RICO comes up to mind in this somehow. But anyways, let's talk a little bit about these cartels just for a sec. And we'll see exactly how embedded the cartels are with United States government. Now, because through all of this, all of this mess that's been happening, right, we call it a mess, uh, you know, with the, the whole 2020 coup and all of that stuff happening. We're talking, I'm talking about how we're, we're shedding light on all of the really well-implanted roots that are going into the United States of America, you know, the real swamp, you know, all of the tentacles, all of the tendrils, all of the roots, all the things we need to see. You know, whenever um, we saw this 10th Mountain Division come up and basically defend Biden and make sure that no one came in and, you know, tried to, to uh, do a military coup on him, uh, we start to see who the roots were inside of the deep state military, right? Now we're going to start getting into how the cartels play into this. And, and I think what we're going to find is that there's a lot more dealings with the cartels in regards to uh, American politicians. Now, there was a story here that talked about this dude by the name of Amado Carillo, and he was the son of a legendary Mexican drug cartel individual. And this was just to kind of go ahead and back up this whole Carillo family as part of the Juarez cartel. Um, but we saw in this one uh, that pros prosecutors in the northern state of Sinaloa said Friday that this, his son, Julio Cesar Carillo, was found shot dead. In at a house in the city in Novalato, the killing apparently happened on Thursday after the death of the elder Carillo Fuentes. His brothers and sons continued operating the Juarez drug cartel based out in the border city of Ciudad Juarez, which is just across the, the, the way from El Paso, Texas. I've actually been there. I've been to uh, Ciudad Juarez and El Paso. It's, it's interesting. Um, but I went during the time of the femicides, so um, it was really hard to travel with female companions then. Um, it said, for years, the Juarez cartel was locked in a turf war with the rival Sinaloa cartel, which had pushed into Chihuahua State. But in recent years, the Juarez cartel's armed enforcement wing known as La Linea has split off and began operating on its own. So they didn't know who was a suspect in the murder there. But now to get into how the government and the cartels and also big business is tied into shenanigans together. Ah, uh, yes. How many of y'all remember the story about the HSBC bank um, being busted or actually they, all they received was a slap on the hand, basically. I think they had a fine of like a billion dollars. They got caught uh, money laundering for cartels in Mexico. And guess who was the head of HSBC at that time? You might have guessed it. He's on the screen. None other than James Corney. James Comey was the head of HSBC, and yet somehow still ends up being the head of the FBI. Go figure. 
Like, what's up with that, right? Like, how does he go from being uh, caught money laundering through HSBC and then going to be the head of the FBI, right? This revolving door. I guess it's like, if you do the crime, you get the golden treatment from um, criminal uh, organizations or individuals like the Obama administration. Now, in this article from Fox News, um, it talks about how HSBC is mixed with the cartel. It says the banking giant HSBC knowingly provided support to four of Mexico's most notorious drug cartels by laundering their money and providing material support to terrorists, according to a new lawsuit filed by four families. The paper filed in U.S. District Court in Brownsville, Texas, on Tuesday, say that laundering drug money made it possible for the cartels to operate. The suit alleges the banks are liable for the damages inflicted by the cartels under the Anti-Terrorism Act. Among the people represented among the claimants are Jaime Zapata and Victor Avila, agents for United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement, who were attacked in Mexico in 2011. Zapata was killed and Avila was wounded. According to the lawsuits, employees at Mexican HSBC Bank branches routinely accepted deposits of hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions, of U.S. dollars from people with no identifiable source of income. The suit accuses employees of accepting bribes, fabricating documents, and keeping illegal accounts open despite having been ordered to close them. HSBC substantial and systemic money laundering support materially aided the activities of the Mexican cartels, including the Sinaloa, the Juarez, and Los Zetas cartels, which is what court documents report. Um, now, it says here also... James Comey was on the board of directors at HSBC when they got caught money laundering for cartels. Uh, now, another article out of WND says a former employee of HSBC in New York has thousands of pages of customer accounts records he claims are evidence of an international money laundering scheme involving hundreds of billions of dollars by the global banking giant, which reportedly is under investigation by a U.S. Senate committee. Um, I guess this agent's name was Agent Cruz. It said Cruz said that in the world, uh, in the two years he worked for HSBC, he eventually discovered that money laundering was being carried out not only by branch managers, but also by senior officers of the bank, both within the United States and internationally. From what I saw, he says, I came to suspect HSBC had become the Mexican, car Mexican drug cartel's bank of choice. So HSBC was the Mexican cartel's BOC, their bank of choice. So there's that that happened. So that's just starting to show you how all of this is connected. You know, you have James Comey in connection there. Now, I've heard say that Kamala Harris is actually also mixed in with the cartels. And that's why she's not going to the border. I don't know what could happen. I mean, all of this rottenness is coming to the surface and um, again, guys, there's a lot more information in regards to these Hunter emails. Um, that's just the start of it. Um, I, I would say if you're interested in checking it out, then you'd have to go to torysays.com because that's where I got these articles from. And as always, I will post, I know I'm behind guys, but I will post these articles in my discord with links to them. So you can read them for yourself. You can check out these emails for yourself, um, but they're there. And that is, that is some of the work that's coming up right now. Um, it just baffles my mind that with uh, information like this out there, we don't see people acting on this. 
um, uh, further or, or with more, um, I don't know, I guess with more vigor uh, in regards to bringing these people to justice. Uh, just because, And that's just because just with the two emails that I share, the two subjects or topics I shared with you tonight in regards to Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family and uh, their wheelings and dealings with, uh, you know, uh, well, we know about Ukraine. I mean, President Trump knew about Ukraine. Maybe that's what he was talking about tonight on Hannity's interview. I don't know. I'll have to ask Christina Fontana. I'm sure she caught it. But uh, either way, guys, all right, that's what I got for you guys tonight. I'm going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger because there's more information. Um, I'm sure that will come up. And again, uh, apparently there is a database of all of these emails uh, from Hunter Biden's laptop and other things over at torysays.com. Um, I should go check it out. I haven't yet. I mean, sue me. You know what I mean? But anyways, okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and... Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I got distracted by the uh, I got distracted by the chat here. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go. I'm already over time. We're what 30 minutes over time, and then I was 30 minutes late, so it's 10:30 Texas time now. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight at the Sea Report. I hope that this uh, show was entertaining, insightful, and enjoyable uh, as enjoyable as it is for me always. Let me go ahead and release the scratch off over at the Foxhole app for those of you who are hanging out, and I'm sure. I will have a, a very interesting um, chat recap tomorrow. We'll see what that's all about. All right, let's see what's going on. Okay. Not there's been a long story about two tier justice. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're releasing the lotto ticket. The lotto ticket has been released. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys had a good night. We'll be back again tomorrow. Same place. And I'm pretty sure we'll be at the same time tomorrow. I'm pretty sure that we won't have technical difficulties like we did today. And uh, we'll be on about 7.30. All right, guys. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you again in the future, but not too distant future. And until then, sleep tight and be good, America. Don't forget, we love you and we're going to stick by you no matter what. Mm -hmm.